Welcome to Wacker Slaps, where we look back into the annals of 2000s indie music to determine if an album, a band, or even an entire musical movement was actually good or just a product of the hype machine of that time. And like all great podcasts, this is the direct spinoff of an unhinged group text among friends that simply refuses to die. And now introducing two fancy lads who would definitely not say, I'm from Barcelona. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm Noah, and uh, I don't know, Gutentag? Is that Swedish? <laughs> I think that's uh, <laughs> well, that's German. It's German. It's a little, a little off, but <clears throat> well, that's all I got. I don't know, Seventh Seal, something. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and I'm your pure pop producer, Adrian. And I'm your host, Caleb, the Swedish chef. Fergner, Fergner, <laughs> Bergner, Bergner. I'm here to chop it up with y'all. Yes. I was going to go with the I'm the Swede from Friday Night Lights, all grown up, but I don't know if that kid was actually Swedish. <laughs> kind of a niche reference. Yep. Yep. Now, <laughs> really what, is, um, what is an, a Swedish accent? Can you guys do one? They're hard to do. Like a non-stereotypical, like Yorkin, yeah. Yorkin, Yorkin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know where it even begins. <laughs> like uh, Stellan Sarsgaard or something. How's he talk? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Is Lars Van Trier Swedish? No, he's, no, he's Danish. Danish. He's Danish. Yeah, oh yeah, they're not call him Swedish. I don't know. Oh, what fuck that, he's also a Nazi. <laughs> like, the Caesars. The Caesars cut the. Vaginal area. <laughs> Jesus. Yikes. Yeah. But that's on our film podcast, folks. We were talking about a uh, new Scandinavian cinema. Well, let's talk about. Oh, I have one. What episode is this? Uh, number 24. 24. Okay. What yep. do you think the 24th Igmar Bergman film was? Oh. He's has, he has he has over 30. Yeah, he, has, he hasn't been a movie in a while. What's up with that? <laughs> well, he's on that island. He's taking a vacation. He's like, hang uh, loose. I'm on the Bergman Island, baby. Catching the waves. Oh, man. <laughs> Just thinking of Bergman saying hang loose is filling me with joy. Hang loose. Hang loose. 24. God, that is a good question. Because some of those later, uh, some of those later pictures are, are really and good. Alexander or whatever it's called. It might be, yeah, maybe he doesn't have that as many as I think. So it has to be something in the 80s. I don't yeah. even, I can't even name one in the 90s. I don't know, maybe like Cries and Whispers. That's got to be like in the 15s at least. Who knows? Okay, I was thinking that. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. I can't really see. Let's take this whole thing out. It doesn't number them. Uh, well, but I did have a little note here. This is our uh, the next day um, album episode, which got a lot of hype when that came out. That uh, David Bowie album where he redoes the heroes album cover. 
Oh, that was David Bowie's 24th. David Bowie's 24th. I was I just looked up his good 24th albums, which is actually a good 24th album. His penultimate. Yeah, that's I think yeah. that would have been the penultimate, yeah. Uh, listeners, record. if you know what the 24th Ingmar Bergman movie was, I just found it. it. <clears throat> oh, nice. Hour of the it's, Wolf. It's actually way, way earlier than you would think. It's Winter Light. Whoa. Oh, so that dude did Iconic. make like, fucking. That might yeah. be his best movie, right? Or It's great. Uh, great film. It's up there, yeah. If you've ever seen um, that Traitor movie. First Reformed. From, for, First yeah, very. Yeah. It's basically a remake. Yeah, um, great. Yeah. Both watched, great films. Uh, one of the, some of the best uh, Instagram content I ever did was um, I posted a picture of me hanging out in somebody's backyard and said, "Damn, our life's a movie." Dot dot dot. It's first reformed. Wow. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> Just a bleak day. Well, yep. Schrader was a fan <laughs> of Jens Lechman. <laughs> he always said. No. When night falls over a quarter bell wall. There you go. And that's a nice well, segue. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've we've talked about on this podcast the whole cocka voice thing. Paul Schrader <laughs> always Have sounds we? like he's got a turtle, turtle head <laughs> pooping out. <laughs> like oh, uh, so what I mean, so would like Nick Nolte be the ultimate? And yeah, like on that spectrum. Schrader always sounds like he's like on the John, just like struggling. He probably is, dude. There's no way that guy eats well. <laughs> All that cocaine. <laughs> All baby laxatives. Like I took a coke shit for 35 years. How long have uh, we been? We're about 11 minutes in or something. First cocaine reference. <laughs> no, that's a record. 11 minutes? Okay. Jesus. Yeah. All right. Caleb, ask, <laughs> me, not. No, no. ask me what album we're doing today. Yeah. Okay. Brewer. Noah. What What do we got today? <laughs> today we got. Swedish. Today we have the 2000, 2007 album by Jens Lickman, and it's called Night Falls Over Cortadalia. Jens Lickman, Night Falls <laughs> Over Cortadalia. Not to be confused with the 2006 Will Ferrell movie. Uh, Jens Lickman? Talladega Nights. Uh, yeah story, i think st- story of ricky bobby yeah th- thank you for clearing that up though. not was, to be um... confused with will ferrell's movie about um like european pop as well the euro song eurovision the movie, the movie everybody liked because they were stuck in their house yeah they really took advantage of us with that one <laughs> i don't think that movie doesn't exist right that's Oh no, it does. People that cried song, and that tweeted song got about nominated it. for an Oscar. Right? Oh, you're right. Damn, I forgot. Yeah. About cried that. and tweeted about yeah. it, which is also kind of takes place in Scandinavia. You know, Iceland is considered part of Scandinavia, even though it's not attached to the Scandinavian Peninsula per se. Yeah, fuck all that. Yeah, fuck <laughs> all that shit. Um, thank you, Noah, for that uh, beautiful intro. Um, oh, um, so we got, we got there, baby. Adrian, what did Pitchfork say about Jens Leekman's Nightfalls Over Corta Dahlia from 2007? Not to be confused with uh, Will Ferrell's. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, so they gave <clears throat> Nightfalls Over Corta Dahlia a 9.0 out 
I think at this time they're pretty high on OEMs there. Um, they gave it a best new music. It was reviewed by yeah, oh yeah. It was reviewed by our uh, old pal Mark Hogan. I think we've had a couple from him so far. Yeah, brother. (laughs) Uh, And I pulled um, I pulled a piece kind of from uh, sort of the middle of the review. This was actually kind of a long review, but it was a pretty good one. It's a good review. It's solid. Yeah, it's solid. There's only a couple of like classic Pitchfork kind of like oh boy, Uh, a lot of MySpace talk. Yeah, which just is so of its moment. It really time. ages it. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, let's hear it. <clears throat> so here's the excerpt I pulled. It all goes to show pop's true meaning is whatever we construct for it's ourselves, not just critics or obsessive music lovers, but you, me, and anyone to whom a song means anything. Lakeman's stunning Nightfalls over Cordadala embraces this idea more fully than any release of the past few years. More even than Girl Talk with his memory-pricking laptop references, Kanye West with his canny reuse of classic hooks from Curtis Mayfield and Daft Punk, or matchup artists with their many one-trick tracks. Like the avalanches if they sang their own tunes, Lakeman borrows liberally from his memories and surroundings, then uses them to create a lush and romantic world worth misinterpreting again and again. And that misinterpreting line is a reference to um, a quote from Jens Lakeman that's earlier in the review where he's he's talking about actually, I'm glad you mentioned that. No, he's talking about how he quit MySpace. And as soon as he did some, you know, someone took over his name. So there was like a fake Jens Lakeman. And I guess that happened for all his social media at this time. So he's like, he do joked like, you know, I'm often misinterpreted. (laughs) Yeah, he got hacked. Um, But he said, uh, just just like I've lately embraced all the misinterpretation misinterpretations in the media, I've embraced this, you know, fake Jens Lakeman. So he's, you know, he's got a sense of humor about himself and stuff. Well, but. in 2007, we all quit MySpace. Yeah, I probably, think so. Probably Facebook. And you could say we point. all quit in 2007. <laughs> that was the year we just all threw our hands up. We're like, whatever. Big tech, politics, you can have this mess. Um, I do want to say that fa- uh, MySpace had absolutely no, like they talked, it was the wild west. Like there were so many fake accounts for everyone. You could have the same username. Like your profile picture could literally be like Hitler. It was like fucking. There was that no, was the like, wild Asian. west for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so That's why I, remember, I remember that shit being like having a band I like and it, I'm having them. I was like friends with like six different versions of yeah. whatever. Caleb, that's why I keep <laughs> telling you guys, get into. on, get on HN. Okay. It's freedom of speech. <laughs> it's, you don't get bogged down with ads. You know, it's not, I'm on you're, not a you're not a part now. of the algorithm. Okay. It's, it's people. It's, it's a, it's think of it as a kind of joint research effort. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, that's what I want to say to our friends. We have a new account on Frank. Um, the uh, uh, my pillow guys. Uh, you're gonna need a, uh, gonna need a freedom. Uh, f- you're gonna need a freedom phone to download. Yeah, you're gonna yeah. get a freedom phone on that. So uh, yeah, get that first, and then come find us. Uh, we're also on Rumble. Uh, we're gonna go live with Don Trump Jr. Uh, only because he has the best hookup on. Oh, our Crane. second Coke. That guy is on some fucking fish scales. If you guys seen any of that guy's videos recently. Yeah, Make he is dealer. That's what I want to say to home. I think boy. that's Adderall. He is on a weird one. That oh, guy. Oh yeah. yeah. I think that's like high doses of Adderall. That's all those rich guys. I've heard like, that a lot about that family in general. They they're all Adderall, like Adderall addicts. PTs or whatever. Yeah, those are they're they're all pill heads over there. It's fucking yeah, that's true. Disgusting pricks. Up their noses. It's prescription asshole. I don't <laughs> street drugs. 
<laughs> I do drugs because I have ADHD. I don't do street drugs. Anyway, so what was what was his deal, Jens Lickman? I have him as two different kind of things that were happening at the time that would have, you know, made him kind of a part of the hype machine, you know, two different inputs to that hype machine, if you will. Uh, one of them being the Swedish invasion, yeah. um, Scandinavian invasion, Scandinavian. Um, this being our second Scandinavian invasion episode. Scandinavian, you know, we could uh, we could kind of talk about that. And I, I feel like, because earlier we were talking about how like there's a lot of producers, kind of electronic artists that were, you know, Northern European at this time was really popular and even more so now. But um, I think it was part of the more like fancy pop kind of scene. You know, there was yeah maybe a it's... handful of bands from Sweden, but that kind of fit into that scene. But considering that it's a pretty small country, it, you know, a pretty small Nordic country to have like five to six really popular bands that were like getting written yeah. up um, and to not just like have pitchfork fame. A lot of them were like, you could see him in spin rolling stone, you know? Yeah. So like well, Sweden, um, Caleb in general has Sweden has always had that long history of songwriters anyways mm -hmm. that can, they know how to like, Oh yeah. Like the backstreet boys and shit. Yeah, even before then, going yeah. back to the like the seventies and eighties, even. Yeah, <clears throat> but like, yeah, like the Backstreet Boy, those boy bands, those sort of songs were all written by a Swedish like dude, just like a normal dude that was like good at like creating like you like like filtering uh american pop through like this algorithm to yeah kind of, like, it was like the most efficient like smooth everything out and be corny and cheesy but yet be earnest like it wasn't like it, it doesn't come off as product it comes off as like this is a hit song and there's nothing wrong with that like it's right. just like a pure thing and that goes back yeah the 70s abba all that stuff but like in the 2000s you had i think but the difference is when pitchfork started um championing some of these scandinavian bands and swedish groups like the dude from peter bjorn and john peter peter or maybe <laughs> bjorn he or was like was a, john he was a songwriter right and then he was like no i think now it's safe that i can make like my own earnest indie rock album and people accept it as not just some import from Sweden making right music. Right. And I think it kind of, and you know, given we're not that familiar with Swedish culture, they're definitely way more familiar with our culture than we are with theirs. So like, I don't know what those references would be, but it kind of had a very cosmopolitan sound. You know, you could hear Motown, you know, like Serge Gainsbourg, Motown. It was very kind of worldly, but also um, very Baroque, you know, so like very European, you know, like Peter Bjorn and John, very European. Yeah. Like what's that? Uh, uh, El Perro del Mar. Yeah. You know, that's Spanish. That's not even Swedish. The tallest <laughs> man on earth, English, not even Swedish, you know, the name. So like <laughs> they're very worldly. But um, yeah, so it kind of had this like kind of bright poppy. But yeah, it was it was coming from a place of more kind of the. I don't want to say esoteric, but maybe like lesser known singer songwriters from, yeah. you know, France and Germany and, you know, you know it America. Was, yeah. And embracing American soul music and our own tradition of, yeah. you know, crooners and things like that. So it was like the Scandinavian songwriters, they stopped for a minute there 
stop just writing like boy band songs. And it was more like, well, let's take a little bit of a twee element and mm-hmm. we'll be taken seriously by like as more of like an esoteric yeah under underground yeah is is Jed Slickman prog twee? Uh, he's like a sample <laughs> based on just twee. <laughs> sample twee. I was gonna say because like yeah he's really uh, MC going twee. for it. MC I think he was twee. MC twee yeah yeah so yeah there was <laughs> DJ, also DJ twee yeah. yeah so yeah there was definitely that Swedish singer songwriter um kind of yeah indie pop the other one I just got a text indie pop from my roommate here she wanted me to mention Sandre Lerch. Oh right, popular at the time. Oh yeah, shout out to Jen, wife of Jen's Yeah. Oh yeah, you're called, married. I've been to called. Uh, uh, I've been. I've been <laughs> called Jen's lick man before too. Oh, <laughs> save that for your own after hours pod. <laughs> Woo, that's my family that's show. My cooking. That's my sister-in-law you're talking about. <laughs> It's the mother of your child, Caleb. Jesus. Um, Adrian, yeah. what do you say about all this, their deal, as far as, uh, or as far as his deal? Yeah. yeah. The context of the whole. Yeah, Caleb, you're right. The Scandinavian invasion. Yeah. I well, think, I mean, Adrian, uh, maybe you want to expound more on what you were, we were talking about offline about it wasn't just the Scandinavian thing, but the indie pop phenomenon yeah. that was happening at that time, too, that really he was pretty pivotal in, you know he was part of that vanguard for sure. I think he comes at the nexus of a lot of things. I mean, the review and the excerpt kind of mentions it a little bit with, you know, talking about like the matchup artists or like girl talk or whatever. Cause yeah, he comes. So there, there's a Swedish invasion, which is certainly happening. You know, I think earlier in the two thousands, it may have been more of a garagey kind of noisy, maybe not noisy, but more of a garagey kind of rock and roll thing. And then it's sort of, came back around to the the pop thing and yeah then like artists like el perro de, you know Mar and um some others you know came out <clears throat> but then it's also yeah he you know they compared the him to the avalanches which was also another huge you know pivotal artist at the time or the duo at the time because and then the sample based stuff which you know uh, is a part of the mashup stuff but i think the way he uses samples is not exactly like the mashup artist. It, it it's trading in the same kind of thing of like, you know, nostalgia and and referencing things that people will will definitely know, but recontextualizing them, you know, that kind of element of it, or maybe not even that people will know, but recontextualizing stuff from people's past or the past music uh, of uh, mm-hmm. America or British, you know, the the British Northern Soul or whatever it is. Um, so I think he he exists at kind of this nexus of all this stuff. And then, yeah, the indie pop stuff, which was happening not only in, uh, you know, Sweden. I think that was happening in England with Balan Sebastian, um, who had already been around at this point for, you know. Uh, excuse me. They are Scottish. Scottish. Are Scottish. I'm sorry. Oh, boy. Yeah. that, that What a blunder. Um, it, don't tell William Wallace. If it ain't Scottish, <laughs> it's crap. Let's say the British. Uh, let's okay, say the UK. <laughs> let's say the uk um but oh, are they anyway. part of the uk still i don't even know how yeah they, they, they yeah they they they, they remained <laughs> unfortunate for them um, wall. and but even going back to <clears throat> i think even going back to stuff from like like stuff from like the smiths from england or um mm-hmm. the australian stuff 
you know, or New Zealand rather uh, from like the clean or like flying Nun records, like all this stuff was kind of in the zeitgeist of indie, indie rock. Yeah. Um, it's like fancy it, lad music really. You know? Yeah. And this, it, I think at this point it was seeing a resurgence. I know there was yeah. certainly a lot of artists doing this. I mean, we've covered a few of them, you know, architecture in Helsinki. We've Ooh. mentioned the, you know, the boy least likely to. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think hey. he, he kind of personified a lot of different, <laughs> I think he personified a lot of different um, elements that were going on around, you know, 2005, 2006, 2007. Totally. Um, and also even kind of a third part was like the kind of orchestral indie yes. that mm-hmm. was like, uh, like Andrew Bird. And um, was that other uh, name? Uh, Patrick Wolf is the name and a, and yeah. a an animal that kind of it pop the kind of indie stuff um Wait, andrew bird the actor from fargo season four yeah i mean i didn't i had no idea he was a musician uh, i'm talking about oh. a former member of the squirrel nut zippers andrew <laughs> yeah my favorite my favorite band <clears throat> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh anyway so the, that was the, even that kind of is a hell of a whistler yep oh People yeah can whistle very well make this type of music <laughs> you, have to, you have to carry it like tune. a jaunty yeah walking yeah. down the street because like, you're can, walking down the street in some comfortable shoes and like a nice coat and yeah, you're like oh, sing acapella, like you gotta carry business. the tune you gotta be able to like keep it with you and like whistling helps with like the repetition <laughs> yeah it's before we could talk into like a phone and be like i want to you can hum it you know You'd have to, like, like, <laughs> he's the yeah. whistler yeah but, but yeah the twee there was also that kind of have we said twee yet yeah i think we've yeah, mentioned twee he said was he was prog twee yeah okay because that's this also, is like the top of uh tells of topographic oceans of twee albums it's very bell and sebastian-esque well i think mm. also he's taking like the kind of homegrown like kitchen sink Sunny, aesthetics from like uh, from um it's like the c86 stuff i don't know if you guys are ever listened to that compilation but it was a yeah, yeah. compilation from the 80s uh, 80, 86 minute cassette yeah so right and uh you know it was a lot of different like kind of lo-fi indie pop jangly thing stuff that is a, has a direct line i think to to what was going on right here on this record that was like, <laughs> the original name for twee right it was c86, c86. yeah the, would that be like a cleaners from venus that kind of that kind yeah. of thing yeah cool. totally i've been getting kind of into that stuff recently yeah it's yeah it's great there. Yeah. <laughs> it's always there. there. Yeah, it's there for the it is always kid. there. It's yeah. always pleasant. Like yeah. it's like you never like regret like oh shit I went down a twee rabbit hole. Yeah. Like, it never makes you angry or nothing. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it might get like a little bit cloying at, at some points. Yeah. But. It's like, dude, I've been listening to fucking beat happening all week, dude. I'm, just fucking, <laughs> I'm gonna just listen to some death metal right now, just to fucking cleanse yeah. my palate. Or like, definitely some Calvin Johnson on this record too. Oh, you know what I do about once a year? Me and uh, my wife, Kiki, wifey's corner, we'll be like, <laughs> I don't know, cleaning the house or she'll be painting or something. I'll be reading and I'll put it's it like on. That movie Patterson. Yeah. I'll put <laughs> on um, the freaking Magnetic Fields 69 Love Songs. And it's Hell like yeah. it's a, it's one of those once a year things where it's like yeah I never That's regret my favorite number in it yeah I never <laughs> regret listening to thirty kind of tweeish kind of kitty kind of you know like sweet little songs like it's always yeah. it's a pleasant afternoon. I worked with this hipster once and he was like sixty nine love songs I listen to it every hall or every um Valentine's, Valentine's Day. 
<laughs> I was like, all right, oh, boy, You're red annoying. flag. It was like, and yeah. then I ate the butt, and then she had a nut. It's the sixty-nine. Like, okay, that's good. Song. Print it, roll it. We got, we got sixty-eight more of this. You know, that was actually going to be the opening. Like, this is our blank episode, but the way that they do the song, the tracks is it's three twenty-three minutes sides or whatever. Yeah. So there's no yeah. technically any song twenty-four. It goes like oh, right. Yeah. So I was like, thought I'd be clever since, you know, it was a lot uh, to, uh, to Steve Merritt or whatever. But um, yeah, I got foiled by their fucking formatting. Cool. Yeah. Does anyone have anything else to kind of say for cultural context with Jans? I would say I it's that's... goofy Euros making beat centric pop songs. Okay. Yeah, it is. It is interesting because it's like they're like, I want to channel a romance, right? So I'm just gonna play something that is just obviously like a slow jam beat, you know? Or like I want to channel sexuality. It's gonna play a disco reference, you know? It's just yeah. very overt it's what like, they're going summers? for each mood of each song, you know, by like the backing you know music um well i think he, kind of unmooring because if it's, it's like, like mr. okay i just want to hear what your perspective is but i guess that is his perspective it's like mr rogers donna summers we love sweden make good disco fun time queen music you went to borat real quick there yeah that was <laughs> i can't do the swede swedes call in speak english to us and then we'll do they it. probably have excellent um, english yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure they speak better than us yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure they probably talk they better like, than, than we they don't do. really like to talk they like to make songs they like they're like i ain't talking about it I'm about about it see but no, i think no braggadocio i think yens was doing something pretty it was kind of unique to himself i mean there's other artists that were doing the kind of more raw sample thing with their own instrumentation like you know the go team or whatever i think that's taking yeah. it a little bit more in the noisy direction yeah, but then that he's, 70s uh like sitcom almost sounding yeah, commercial music yeah yeah but then there's other artists that were like doing similar things you know like air france or the tough alliance where it was much more you know their music while it was had samples it was much closer to like dance music you know in the sense that it was incorporated in a different way like th this what I like about this record and Yen's is he's kind of rubbing things up against each other as opposed to like, as opposed to like kind of mixing it all together and meshing it all together, which I think the other artists were, were doing more of. It's the dry hump of um, albums. <laughs> this is a big dry humping energy. Yeah. Well, he talks about like his first kiss when he's like 19. Yeah. It's very, yeah. uh, it's all very chaste. Yeah. Well, that, shall yeah, we get it into is, it then? It's, it's safe. Yeah. Yeah. In let's background? get into it. Yeah, what's um what's the history yeah, of this album? Let's hear the background of this Swede head. <laughs> yeah, so this one <clears throat> it's a little different. I pulled a few different a few different kind of factoids, but I also pulled this a blog post from Yen's from the man himself where he uh, introduced the record and where he announced uh, announced its um, forthcoming release. <laughs> yeah yes you can actually it's up uh, Jens Lakeman's website is actually really charming because it's very simple and the blog he's still he's still blogging he's still writing and, and it's all still very much how it would have been in 2007 but let's just uh, to start off so the record was recorded from 2004 to 
2007. It was self-produced by Jens Lakeman himself. Um, he describes the record on his website as a collection of songs, 2004 through 2007. So I think he had been working on this, you know, throughout that time at his home studio, which is named Cordadala Beauty Center after uh, a hair salon that he, you know, went used to go to where he actually met um, one of the namesakes really? for the song. Yep. And it, featured, it does feature some guest vocals uh, from the aforementioned El Perro del Mar, Sarah Aspering and Frida Hivonen. I'm not sure I'm saying that correct, probably butchering that, but um, they're on there singing some backup vocals as well as a few other backup singers and a large variety of guest performers playing like drums, strings, horns, you know, all kinds of just eclectic instrumentation that's on here. The record was released by Service in Scandinavia on September 5th, 2007. I'm not familiar with Service, but it was also released by Secretly Canadian Worldwide on October 9th, 2007. And it is Lakeman's second studio album. So as I mentioned, he announced the album's release on his blog on July 25th, 2007. Um, and he kind of described his thoughts about the record and, and what what he, what he incorporated into the record and and you know what the ideas and stuff um so i'll i'll read it it's a bit it's a bit long so bear with me but it's it's interesting so to to hear kind of his uh where he was pulling stuff from but here we go <clears throat> one of the best articles i've ever read about myself was a recent interview in onscan by anton gustafson i uh, just as a note i did try to find this interview but I couldn't find it because it was like all in Swedish on the website and it was super hard to parse. But if you can find it out there, yeah, apparently you it's one of his find, favorite You don't have like interviews. a sw Swedish neighbor or something in, in uh, Santa Maria that could just like translate that for you? Uh, I'm sure we could find a Swede down here. Anyways, to, moving on. Uh, <clears throat> not that I'm saying anything particularly memorable, but Anton's perspective puts its finger on something. On the world as a place that has not been diminished by technology, but instead is still as vast and colorful as it must have been for the early explorers. For the songs on this record, I wanted my music to meet the world, meet other people and see other places. I wanted to take it out like an old dog and let it sniff around, but I failed. Instead, the whole record stays within 30 square meters of my apartment, all the way to the last song when I take a short bus ride to the country, which is just two hours from here. I guess I just needed to finish what I had started here before I could leave, pack everything up in banana boxes and see the sunset over the pine trees one last time. And it's a beautiful record. So beautiful, I felt compelled to name my apartment and studio Cordadala Beauty Center. That was once the name of a hair salon here that I used to go to and have my hair cut. That's where Sharin worked. She was the best. Just look at the cover of my first record and listen to that song. And uh, just as a side, do go look at that cover of his first record because he does have a pretty uh, interesting haircut on there. <clears throat> well, enough for this for... <laughs> well enough for this for now we have plenty of time to discuss it later when i play in your town so yeah nice. like <laughs> i think that that kind of speaks to a lot of things it speaks to how personal and charming he is yeah i think it speaks to how personal and charming he is which come definitely comes across in the songs and it speaks to kind of the domesticity of the record you know it's a very much a small world kind of record where it's more on the kind of mundanity of, of everyday life and of these experiences as opposed to like kind of blowing it out and making it, you know, kind of, uh, I mean, I'm sure he, he, uh, you know, embellished on the stuff, but it's very much kind of focused on this sort of small, small lives, small life stuff, you know, although yeah. love is pretty big, but yeah. the way it's portrayed here, it's kind of, you know, part of yeah. everyday life. 
with without like knowing too much anthropologically i'd say that it's kind of very swedish and very nordic you know in my, in my references like you know book not books but like um you know movies <laughs> yeah so like basically there seems to be like a cultural fascination on like um you know the the mundane in a swedish stuff yeah <laughs> yeah so Coffee i only have table. a I have a few more, um, just a few more tidbits here, and then we can get into uh, our histories. But um, so, following his debut album, Jens Lakeman, well, following his debut album, when I said I wanted to be your dog, um, the EP's compilation, Oh, You're So Silent, Jens, and a world tour, uh, Lakeman announced that he was going to take a hiatus from music on his blog. And he also scrapped a, a planned sophomore album. So he had something else in mind for his second album before this one. But he, he said he was going to take this little hiatus. But he later said that he he ended up taking a job in a local bingo parlor, which, you know, ends up becoming a song. Um, but he quit all after all about it. But he quit after two days to return to music, which probably a smart choice there. Uh, I can't imagine working at a bingo parlor is as fun as making this music. But as we've been mentioning, it was B9, his job, (laughs) B9. (laughs) Oh, boy. It wasn't Uh, so G8. (laughs) (laughs) He was just looking for some. So you were saying free space. So before. We interrupted. <laughs> you were saying, um, well, uh, so he, <laughs> as we've been talking about, the subject matter is very much the kind of the mundaneity, mundaneities of re- everyday life, and you know, it, as he talked about in his uh, on his blog, it's definitely taking from his own life. Um, it's it's autobiographical in a sense. Noah, you mentioned this story of his first kiss you know which i don't know if i'm buying that it was actually at age 19 i mean that's such a perfect story for for like him in this album but maybe maybe and then and also the postcard to nina i think um which is a story about you know being introduced as the boyfriend of his lesbian friend to uh, her father um i think that was also based on something that actually happened to him as well um, still calling that a beard is that, is that okay? you still say beard? I, I don't know uh, y- yes yes i i think so a velvet union i think they call it no that's when it's mutually uh oh when it's but when they're both official right right when they're both right. or is it one or the other yeah or both um but just to end to cap it here uh the album was released to critical acclaim received accolades in you know a lot of different publications the guardian blender entertainment weekly uh robert kreisgau who is notoriously kind of curmudgeonly he really loved this record thought it was uh was excellent so that's saying something and then pitchfork they placed it in addition to the best new music in the 9.0 they placed it at number 11 on their 2007 best of list and at 153 on their top 200 of the 2000s so they you know they were pretty high on this record they liked this record and i think they're pretty hot on jens on yens around this time as well but yeah that kind of sums up uh, the history of this one nice very cool very cool. Okay. What about uh, our history of this album? Let's take a walk down memory lane. Nice tree-lined street. Memory lane. You set it off, Caleb. Yothenburg. 
Don't mind if I do. I didn't know shit about him back then. <laughs> I really didn't. I really didn't. He was like always kind of in the periphery of my uh, musical listenings, and like so, I saw like, like a lot of hype, especially you know this album, you know nine. That's pretty good. But then just kind of, I don't know if he would do because he had a bunch of like singles and covers and stuff. I feel that was kind of an EPs and stuff that was kind of part of him. So you'd see like him doing just like little ditties or like yeah these small covers are kind of just interesting chopin ditty yeah a little chopin <laughs> doing a little interesting um i don't know releases and things like that so he's kind of known for yeah kind of being like the the you know the singer sensitive guy with a guitar um so yeah i kind of like saw some of those things pop up like youtube videos and whatnot pitchfork tv videos but other than that i never really got into the music um i kind of lumped in into the singer songwriter mode of like um also from you know um scandinavia like kings of convenience and sandre lurch who by the way correction is norwegian um and then also beirut i feel like they kind of have some shared tallest yeah the tallest man in the world from sweden he is tallest man on earth tallest man on earth he's very tall too he's very handsome i have to check uh guinness real quick yeah oh (laughs) yes turns out yeah checks out Mm. Very handsome guy. Um, those Swedes, they really take care of themselves. Um, so yeah, I kind of left him into that kind of shit. So I was like, I don't know, 2007, I probably would have been over that, you know, kind of out of my twee phase, you know, you know, which is a shame because it seems like this could have been something that me and Nat or me and Jen would have really enjoyed. Um, you know, it's fun and everything, but we'll get it out later. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, I kind of, like I said, I thought he was more of like a sensitive downtrodden kind of sad bastard swedish guy and yes but it totally evaded me like when this album came out i saw like that kind of throwback looking album cover and kind of seen him playing around i was like i don't know that's not for me it's not for me yeah and the only thing and then my brother zachary i don't know if he was into him but he was like have you heard his boys to men cover so i think i heard that boys to men cover but i'd never heard this album or i'd even like if you would have put a you know Swedish meatball to my head yesterday or last week and been like, what does young Lickman sound like? I, I couldn't tell you. Like I said, and before we closed out last week's episode, I was totally forgot about him. He got totally got dropped down the, the down the memory hole. So my history is a history with him. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Kev, I can go next because similar to me, I knew who he was and I read the reviews and he had that hype with the, um, was it an EP or a collection of EPs? The So Silent Yens or whatever. Yeah, a collection of EPs. I think it's three. Collection EPs. of EP. That was all hyped up. Oh yeah, our three EP theory continues. Um, I will now sell three copies of, of Yens. Yens, Yens Likman. So Silent, as well as three copies of the Beta Band. I'm selling six. I'm moving six units here at the record store. Um. But units, baby. It was a. It was somebody. <laughs> it was. It was like a guy that I always like. I guess I put a pin in it, as they say. Yeah. Just kind of like I'll get back. I'll, I'll I'll listen to it. Of course, it's right up my alley. Especially in uh, 2007, I was listening to all the twee kind of stuff, like Camera Obscura, Bell and Sebastian. That's- oh, yeah. 
yeah, you were all about they're them. very similar. Yeah, Camera Obscura. I was into the that biggest bluest hi-fi album. Uh, well, Boyley's uh, likely to. Let's get out of this country. That Camera Obscura stuff. Uh, Bell and Sebastian, of course. Uh, the Concretes. Um, and I was also into and can't forget Los Capucinos. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. that I'm still convinced doesn't exist. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> Prove it. That's all I'm saying. Where's the proof? Do your own research. Yeah. And but I was also into some of the more European kind of yeah, like groups that were sampling stuff, and they they kind of had like a new wave beat going on but we're singing really saccharine kind of pop song like hot chip for example stuff like that where it's like very rhythmically inclined but still had this kind of sweet nerdy dude singing about fucking eating ass for the first time or whatever and uh that must be a hidden track yeah (laughs) up on that (laughs) the other album that it reminded me of and this was this will probably give you some memory whiplash here Remember Mastered by Guy at the Exchange? Max, Max Tundra. Tundra, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How it's that kind Great of album manic... cover. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's like he's kind of doing this bedroom pop stuff, but it's really manic and he's really rhythmically inclined. Like he knows how to program yeah. beats and stuff, but it's very sweet at the same time. But it has a kind of boom bap, mm-hmm. kind of soul sampling, almost old school hip hop vibe it's kind yeah. of chaotic but very poppy. kind of what architecture in helsinki was doing but with more rever- do, with yeah. more reverence towards the actual music that they wanted yeah, to sample or like just yeah kind of reference i wouldn't want to say silly but like playful lighthearted yeah lighthearted <laughs> so it was all right there for for the taking for me but and i always figured i'd get into this guy and I just never did. I've never ever listened to this album until now. Um, so yeah, I didn't have any history, and it's just shocking to me that I didn't. Because you think I was, it was like a like a product of being like peak saturation of bands in two thousand seven. I was juggling so many bands to yeah. catch up on it that page. Just too and much someone's twee. like, hey, Jens Lichtman. I'd be like, no, I don't fucking have time for this guy. I'm sure he's a perfectly nice fella. Well, I think back just, then too, I have enough have- friends. No new friends. Back then, you, yeah, no new yens. Um, nice. Back then, you would hear the the hype machine. You could only handle a couple of bands, so you, so you'd be like, okay, they would. It was kind of like you know recommended for if you like this, and it was like, well, okay, I can only choose one of these bands to dive deep into, right, right. Or it was like a band that was older, so it's like so much oh. RAM. Yeah, so I was like, okay, this this guy gets compared to bell and Sebastian or he gets compared to Camry Obscura Camry Obscura came out a couple years before this guy. So I'll just yeah. stick with them. Kind and then with Camry Obscura, you're like, I'm are they're already my backup bell and Sebastian. So I don't yeah, need a backup many, for the how backup. Many backups of the backups. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's kind of how it was. It also reminded me of a guy that came later. Remember that dude, DJ Coos Koozie? Cozy, DJ Cozy, DJ K O Z E. Yeah. Where it was also kind of like a guy that knew how to really structure a pop song, but with all these kind of weirdo sample in the studio, bedroom pop, like a lot of 
lush production, but kind of silly. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It, I guess he just got washed out in the sort of once all the whole genre hopping thing happened and like it, things just blended in together. Yeah. Really. Yeah. What's that called? Like it's, there's like a name for it and uh, it's like Kratology or whatever. It's kind of like came out of like DJs and shit. I don't know. I've, oh. heard, this, I've heard that crate, term thrown around. Crate heads. Yeah. Um, you guys didn't see the crate challenge. <laughs> oh, and i've been doing the milk crate challenge i'm an old head back in my day the milk crate challenge was djing night at bars <laughs> kids i'll yeah. just jump in here now uh def- i'm glad that you said put a pin in it now because i think this record itself was that for me i was a big fan of his of that compilation the ep compilation oh you're so silent yens which was like I think Maple Leafs EP, Rocky Dennis and Heaven EP, and then another one Rocky and a couple Dennis? of singles. <clears throat> yeah. Small yeah. yeah. <laughs> also a short-lived band from Guadalupe, California. Yeah. San Maria punk band, yeah. hardcore punk band. Rocky, <laughs> Rocky Dennis. I don't know yeah. what they were. I think they were. <laughs> Weirdo rock. Grind. Grind. No, I think they Not were just. Uh, I think they had like a fretless bass player. I'm I don't drunk. think they were a real band. I think I just had that sticker on my door. No, it was. Gold yeah, they, they they're drunk. They're alcoholic punk rockers. Yeah, it's like alcoholic punk. It's like drunk punk. It's like street punk. Kind of. Your classic a, drunk punk. Maybe like a thrash metal part here and there, but other than that, it just sounded like, you know, someone would be too drunk to be on Fat Rock. drummer was probably good. Yeah, exactly. All his <laughs> bands had really good bass player, really good drummer. <laughs> And then a guy with a guitar. And then the singer is just <laughs> wasted. <laughs> it's like, I'll be the singer. It's like, dude, we got to have somebody that has the courage to be the singer. It's like, yeah. he really has the courage to be a singer because he's drunk. We know about 15 <laughs> just alcoholics who could probably do a good job on it. All right, Adrian? You were talking about Rocky Dennis. Yeah, so it's just a collection of those EPs and a couple of singles and Anyways, I really liked it. I thought the production was great. It's much more kind of, I wouldn't say quite ramshackle, but it's definitely a more lo-fi version of what's going on here with the sampling, with mixed with the live instrumentation, mixed with his baritone vocals. Um, but I, I really, you know, it was it was a piece of everything that I was listening to, you know, aforementioned, uh, you know, Bell and Sebastian, Beirut, Peter Bjorn and John, you know, Architecture and Helsinki, Magnetic Fields. Like I was into all of that stuff. You know, uh, and so uh, in addition to that, I was also into the the sample based stuff, the avalanches, danger mouse, girl talk, you know, all that stuff as well. The tough alliance and and whatever else that was more kind of dance, electronic beat based. Um, so, you know, Jens was definitely right up my alley. I, I loved the kind of how eclectic his songs could be and how like, you know, he'd pull these these samples, but then he'd play over them and, you know, write these stories into the songs. And so I was really charmed by him at this time. Uh, and I, and I was also a big fan of lo-fi and just kind of texture and, and I still love vinyl crackle and, you know, his stuff is, has all that in spades. So it really was almost meant for me, you know, tape hiss and stuff like that, hearing a, the texture of the room he's recording. in, I really, that was, that was a big part of everything I was enjoying at the time. Um, and so when I saw that Pitchfork had, uh, you know, reviewed the, the single, a postcard to Nina, I 
I was pretty stoked on on that and pretty stoked on the upcoming record. But I ended up just kind of listening to the postcard and to Nina like over and over again and never really got into the record. I don't know if it was because it came out like a month after the review. And like you guys are saying, like there's just such a glut of albums at the time that I was listening to and getting into and bands that it just kind of slipped through the slipped through my fingers or the cracks, you know, but I just, that song, I did love it and enough to put it like on various playlists and things like that. We played in the car. Um, but yeah, once the album was actually released, I never really got into it. I think I had downloaded maybe a couple of the other tracks or started to download it, but I just never finished it and never got around to listening to the whole thing until now, um, which is kind of astounding because it, like I said, it's, it, it's everything that I would have loved at the time that I still love now, but it just never happened quite at the time. So, um, yeah, I think we're all you, kind of in the same boat of kind of hearing this stuff for the first time in a way. Well, yeah. sometimes you're a late bloomer and you don't kiss a girl till you're 19. <laughs> Adrian, sooner rather than later, right? Adrian, also, though, I'm just reminded you're saying the whole glut of stuff in 2007. With, and I think 2007, there was a lot of twee stuff to dive into. But I had also read the 33 and a third book about the uh, Bell and Sebastian album, If You're Feeling Sinister. Mm-hmm. And that book talked a lot about the C, what was it called? C86? C86, yeah. All those bands. And so 2007, I was spending again, mentioning it again, the Santa Maria Library. So I would read that book and then they reference all these other bands like what are Vaseline's or um, what was the other one, the beat happening and stuff like that. And so I was going to the library a lot and just listening to the, the 1980s and ner- early nineties versions of this kind of type of music. Like, well, like the heart of the baseline of this music, which is kind of kind of twee pop. And then Jens Lechman adds the whole sort of thoughtful sampling, rock sampling bass kind of more R and B vibe, I guess. But yeah. So I guess, it, yeah, I was lost in the shuffle of my trying to gain a history of what his influences were. Right. Cause that was the other thing that we are all pretty probably heavily invested in in 2007 you know of like and you don't have a lot or you have a finite amount of attention um you know that's probably more true now you know that we're older but yeah like you're saying Noah, like you were just like you literally didn't have volume left for in your brain or your listening uh diet because you're like well if i listen to this and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get to the bottom of that whatever you're trying to get to to the bottom of things yeah yeah, yeah. so the, the bottom is like you're saying going back in history and doing the influences yeah. the influences and shit and, and santa like, Maria library had like every bell and sebastian record up until like 2002 or whatever and it yeah. had all the beat happenings so like and it had the 69 love songs the first time i heard that album i, I was definitely got that yeah burnt i from checked a that copy out of the cd the so there, there's there's such a rich history of what this guy is coming from not to mention the whole 
you know, like the whole ABBA part of it, like the whole, if you want to listen to like the 70s version of this, you can too. So it's kind of like, do we need it? Like, I don't know. In in 2007, I guess that's what I was, it's like, I'll get around to it. I don't think I need it. I think I pieced together what he's piecing together on my own without listening mm. to him. That yeah, totally. I think for me, you it was more... Source. It was literally more. I had no idea what he sounded like, and I just like I just saw the most, had the most cursory information on him. It was just like white dude with a guitar, and I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of I'm I'm tapped out on that right now. I'm really sorry. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't even I even have it to be like where I push him to the back of my mind or like yeah, put him on the back burner while I was listening to like Primal Scream or whatever. It's been like I didn't even fucking know what he sounded like. You know, it was just yeah. that was complete well, blank slate. What's next? Well, what's next is how we feel about it now. What are our current reactions to it? Oh, I did have a question, though. Two questions. Whoa. One, did the Avalanches <laughs> ever release that uh, their second album? Yeah. I remember they were yeah, teasing that, but did they ever do it? It came out like four years ago, bro. Where you been? Uh, well, they have another record, actually, that came out after that, too, I believe. It's a butterfly. Last year. It's kind of a play on uh, there's a riot going on album cover. Oh, interesting. And also, I'll say this now. Are the avalanches whack or good? Or were they just way overhyped? Okay, Caleb, I'm going to say this now. I I I believe we've talked about this before, Noah, but I can't. Since I I I can't remember where our conclusion was. Since I left you, people love that that movie. It is cinematic, but that album, (laughs) they love it. And I... Other than the Raekwon sample, which is on the first song, I'm like, I don't get it. Like, it's just, it's like, it's like Sampadilia DJ stuff, but it's like, I'd rather just listen to like a Spotify radio of like, yeah, you know, what? I haven't listened to that. I'm in a very long time. I remember it's fun, obviously. Right. But then it's like, it kind of ages. But the thing that I don't get, I don't understand why Euro European people are into this is swanky rhythms. They like swanky kind of like bachelor pad, like exotica kind of sounding lounge shit. And I've always thought that shit just makes me kind of uncomfortable and just like yeah. it's I don't know. There's um, oh, man, come on. You don't like Martin s- Denny. There's like a soulessness on, to it or it just kind of sounds that's like kind furniture. of that's yeah. kind of the point of it, though. It's kind of yeah. supposed to be plastic. Well, it's kind of has supposed to be that. Yeah. I've always wanted to that's, that's the thing. Like, I, I just that that never connected with me. So then everyone's like, oh yeah, these are swanky little beats. Yeah. You tell me you don't fuck with Esquivel, dog. You don't I fuck with fuck Esquivel? With, <laughs> I fucked with Esquivel when you like burned it for me back in the day. Because it's like <laughs> it's like sounds like the Jetsons or whatever, but it's like a yeah. live band playing jazz. And you're like, oh, that's kind of dope. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. But like the samples that they do where it's kind of like the swank. Of it. Mm-hmm. I'm just not I'm not I'm just like that's not, not my jam so maybe that's what kind of takes me out of it and then there's uh, I say that to say because there's some stuff on this album too where it's just kind of like yeah I'm not a big you know compressed yeah. swanky I want to like the avalanches but I just don't I always feel so like just leaves Everyone me always makes fun of me all the homies are capping on me because that's like a classic album I guess but it just sounds like I don't know it just it, it's not that interesting to me. Mm. I I like that record a lot. I think it is to me. It is kind of a classic for me. But I also I was really into it back in the day and, and at the time, 
And it was part so of a, it was of a piece with so many other things I was listening mm. to, whether it was Edan or whatever the fuck else, but it was kind of that <laughs> Ooh, maximalist yeah. beat. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Spoiler: Edan's our next episode. More <laughs> 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 <Or> exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> on Patreon, get uh, find it on Rumble, everyone. A Rumble exclusive. Oh, yeah. Rumble. All you gotta do is send in a. Uh, 350 a month yeah uh, yeah you could buy and you sign up for our subscri- that's 350 dollars a month you buy our buy our dick pills um for some reason people aren't drinking coffee anymore so we have like this fake coffee thing mushroom coffee. you can buy a mushroom coffee um and fuck it we're just selling straight up methamphetamines now too Anything you need goes. uh you need bla- <laughs> blank vax cards we got you covered yeah, we got blank vax cards oh all i right. should filling it in however you want what's next well, we who, all know who wants next. to. Uh, yeah, who wants to go into their? Um, I, I could do it. History, I could, I, I, yeah, you're kind history. of already touching on it a little bit. Let's do uh, yeah, my shit on feelings. this baby. This baby. <laughs> I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna do a full. I'm not gonna do a full. I'm about turtle head a little bit in this. We'll, we'll see what goes. I think listening to this now, I feel like somebody met me in 2021 just kind of heard my whole vibe and my whole shit about music and whatnot went back in time and designed an album that I wouldn't like an album that wouldn't not that I wouldn't like that's just not for me they're like you know like things do you ever feel like things are just marketed straight towards you I feel like this is just not marketed towards it's marketed away from me in a lot of different ways so I'll start off by saying yeah it's just it's just not for me by design but I, you know, I totally hear the dude's intentions and and like respect it. You know, I like he obviously has a pretty exceptional uh, handle on songcraft and how to make fun um, narrative music, and I and I like that. But I'm just I don't like I said I don't like swanky. I don't like jaunty. Something about it. I think we've talked about how like me and Noah say just like something's kind of overly upbeat is just i don't know makes not that like if i want upbeat music i'll listen to like you know poppy reggae or listen to motown or you know or something you know it's just i don't know kind of like kind of commercially sounding upbeat music just i don't know it feels like it lacks a certain amount of grit you know and um and yeah i don't know um what about get on up by uh james brown that's a good one. See, that's upbeat. Get on up. This is a clear message there. But yeah, I mean, and you know, this, this is very clever, obviously, but I don't know. It's really not what I need in my life when it comes to music right now. And like I said, it, it lacks it lacks a certain kind of stink. And I, you know, I need some stink. And, uh, and when he tries to go stinky, I just feel like it's not his stink to be, you know, putting out there. I don't know. It's kind of in poor taste. At is it times. a fake stink alert? It's a fake stink alert. Bah, bah, bah. Fake stink, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then at other times it kind of like it's too controlled. You know, it's like obviously this guy knows how to work with people or to write arrangements. And, you know, they're, they're very well done. You know, it's very the way that it's, um, you know, put in a song and his choices around all that are like, I'm, you know, yeah, it's very good taste when it comes to that. It's just it it sounds a little too controlled, you know. Contrived. And um, not could, yeah, I mean, I could go either way. Like I said, I don't I don't have a lot of interest or um, ref- 
reference points for like the magnetic fields or modern lovers or you know any of that stuff i've always kind of found that music to be a little too precious and preoccupied with being understated you know it's kind of like we we care well, too much Caleb, about sounding like heard, we don't care so have it's you ever like, heard I don't know, the modern kind of lovers little... song precious and preoccupied you might like that one <laughs> <laughs> that was the name of their yeah. song yeah so i don't know so like I, and I get what he's doing, but it's just not my jam. And, and I, you know, I just kind of like when it comes to indie music and stuff, I needs kind of rock for me a little bit. And I had the sense of abandon and this is just like too in the pocket, you know, he's just like too polished. And um, yeah, so I just, maybe it's just not for me, you know, maybe this kind of music just isn't, isn't for me and um, still too gentle or something. And um yeah, is this guy a troubadour? Is, are we calling him a troubadour? A crooner? Like, what? what's up with that? He's more of a crooner. Yeah. yeah, he's more of a crooner for sure. Jonathan Richmond's the troubadour. Oh, okay. I think I think he's uh, he's not solo enough. He still has enough other instrumentation and things going on that he's yeah. not quite the troubadour. God, okay, so troubadour is more direct, like... Oh, yeah, kind of more direct. Guitar. More solo oh, kind of thing, yeah. Guy yeah. and a guitar, yeah. yeah. But you some know, of his not... stuff is like that, though. His earlier, yeah, stuff. definitely, yeah. Uh, or even some of the stuff where he is just it's just him and a sample, uh, or yeah. whatever, yeah. yeah. And I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna totally shit on this. Like, it, it, it didn't make it wasn't like clap your hands, say, yeah, or like architecture and hell stinky territory where it's just like cringy and just like way too stuck in that period like it's like very fun music the dude's in totally yeah. like he has, has more a, of a groove than that stuff does. he has a groove and he has yeah. a vision and he knows how to ride it out and knows he makes good choices you know i just mean his choices don't align necessarily and yeah and i would say like it, everybody got end, choices this um <laughs> This movie is, or this this album, it's like, it's like a it's like a totally decent, comfortable, watchable uh, romantic comedy that's like twenty five minutes too long with like way too many extra scenes and like plots that don't go anywhere. Like a Netflix movie. It's like a Netflix <laughs> romantic comedy, and there's also like a lot of lyrical themes and stories that he tells are basically romantic comedies. Um, so yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. Yeah, it's a good storyteller, I'd say. Yeah. yeah, there's like really points where I like kind of laugh out loud. I was like, oh, that's a fun turn of phrase or whatever, you know, yeah. especially like the single that's like, you know, it's a, it's a whole story. And it's I mean, pretty he comes out of that it. 70s songwriter storyteller tradition where it's like those guys like Paul Williams or whatever, people that would write for other yeah. people where you could do this right. universal kind right, of right. love song mm-hmm. and have some like weird details and be very wordy and very structured but it would it would it could be a world famous song because it's tapping into like this clean uh beat and and like a a very clean theme of like love and loss and yeah it taps into like a child like a kid could listen to this and be enthralled by it like you know it's like safe safe almost yeah yeah but not for me. All right. Who's Safe next? to say it's not for me. Who I mean, I can, I can go. I, I think I'm definitely... Task, bro. <laughs> well, you know, I understand 
that I understand where you're coming from, but I no, you know for fuck me, fuck my opinion. Let me know what you really think. Uh, well, I think you're wrong. I think this is a good record. I think <laughs> everything you said you. is the opposite of true. <laughs> no, no, I, I totally get where you're coming everything from. I think you said was the opposite of true. <laughs> I think just knowing your taste, like it's certainly not. It's um, yeah, you're right. It's almost designed to be everything that kind of gets you know rubs you the wrong way uh, or or whatever. But for me, you know, it, it's kind of the opposite. It, it's a lot of stuff that I really love, you know. Um, and actually, I was kind of struck by how well it holds up because I was kind of expecting it to be like, oh, brother, like this is a little too, a little too precious, a little too twee. But it doesn't really, it's not really like that at all. It doesn't yeah, sound cool. It's different or from a saccharin. Yeah. 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 It, I know it, we looked a... into that earlier, but it's, it's different. It's definitely a different kind of vibe. That's why I like yeah. put the prog thing on it because it's like, yeah, it is, but it's like more advanced or like, I don't know, kind of has bigger aspirations. More than... stank. Yeah. <laughs> well he's definitely pulling from it like there's no denying that but it's not it never veers too far in that direction and it's never too saccharine or too sweet so i thought you know in that respect it holds up pretty well and the stories do hold up well because i mean they're they're well written well told there's almost like punch lines and you know little yeah little jokes and little things here that you're like oh that's actually that's clever yeah. um oh and song songwriting cliches that he capitalizes on right yes exactly he he subverts your expectations by like leading you directly into those expectations almost in a way Um, which i did not expect that was a total curveball but yeah so listening to this now i'm i'm kind of annoyed that i didn't get into it back then because i think i really really would have loved it i as i said i i did kind of become obsessed with the single um or a postcard to nina i'm not i think it was a single uh, but anyways, I was kind of obsessed with that song and I listened to it over and over again. Uh, but I just never, I never got to it, uh, you know, got back to it. So listening to it now, I'm like, damn, this, this is actually holds up pretty well. And it, you know, it is the, like, I get what you're saying about there being a sheen over it, Caleb. It's definitely m- more polished than his other record or his earlier records. It's, you know, definitely like a step up. It's that kind of classic, like, you know, the sophomore album, you get you clean it up a little bit more, you get it a little bit more sonically fancy. And despite him still kind of being, you know, still being homegrown and and recording on his own and whatever. Um, But it's definitely a step up in terms of like clarity and sonic fidelity. But it still has some of those, some of that texture of the home recording stuff that I actually like. You know, he still keeps some of the, you know, the vinyl hiss on on the samples or whatever, or just the way he records things. It's it's very much like feels like analog and and kind of warm and nice. But you know, listening to it now and having delved deeper into like disco or R and B or like Northern Soul or things like that, like I'm hearing a lot of those references much more, you know, pronounced. I would have maybe caught them back then maybe a few things but it was in a much more subtle way like now it just you know it stands out in a way i'm like oh that he's taking that from that song or like oh that samples from this from this song or whatever um you know and i've always a sucker for horns and strings and that's all over the place on this record you know there's there's samples of horns and strings there's live orchestration melodies (laughs) Um, life (laughs) Um, so, you know, I, I really, 
listening to it was it was really a pleasant pleasant experience every time i listened to it you know i listened to it about five or six times for this it put a smile on my face it made me feel good it made me feel upbeat and happy and i'm generally not that kind of person at all if you know me i'm not chipper or anything but this put me in that mood it helped you know i was working on like this you know i've been working on this animation for the past couple of days and while i listened to it while i was working on this animation of you know these these cute little characters and it was like oh this this kind of fits what i'm doing right now like it's very much you know it's kind of got this really charming naive not childlike but yeah. kind of naive I, yeah, I totally kind of listeners to connection it. to animation kind of always kind of that general style like the triplets of belleville or whatever that yeah. you know i'm not a, <laughs> i don't know anything about animation but i know there's like a whole kind of for listeners out there but yeah it kind of has that for listeners out there, Adrian is a part of the animation team for uh, Lego, the Seventh Seal. Oh, <laughs> oh the Lego Lego movie, the, the collabo. Yeah, yeah. the Seventh Seal is now a part but of the Disney Lego. universe. It's Lego form, the multiverse. Death takes the Lego form. Yeah. <laughs> I I really want to see a Lego remake of the Seventh Seal now. Yeah. Oh God, make that happen. Um, is it somebody um, uh, remaking uh, scenes from a divorce or something? Or oh yeah, I think that scenes from a yeah, marriage? scenes from a marriage. Scenes from a marriage yeah. with I think uh, that's like right. Isaac Oscar Isaacs is it or something? Oh uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, uh, anyway, anyhow, <laughs> yeah, anyhow. Um, so like you know, another thing is like when I was younger and listening to those songs. You know, because a lot of his songs are all often about love or, you know, whatever the, you know, yearning and stuff, the being a young man, a young person in love or whatever. And I identified with it back then on that level. But now in hindsight, like I'm as, having gone through more relationships, having been through more experiences, like I, I, I appreciate it on another level now where I'm, it's like looking back on these kind of like this, uh, the, the mysticity of being a young person, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, where you're not as settled, but you're still, you know, yeah, you're, you're getting haircuts from cute girls. You're, you know, you're, you're kissing, you're having your first kiss at age 19, you know, after you're done with high school or whatever it, you know, that kind of, those kinds of experience, not that I was experiencing that particular, you know, stuff, but just the way that he tells stories, the way he, he, you know, the charming way he puts things like I, looking now like it's it's definitely more of a nostalgia memory thing that i can appreciate in a different way than than the more direct way that it was when i was younger yeah um, for sure and it's kind but, of because he's like very specific with all his details but then like yeah but it's it's like archetypes you know that he's like really speaking to it's all like very relatable themes you know um right like yeah. meeting uh, meeting someone like meeting a friend or a partner's parent like that's kind of a universal thing like obviously the specific the specific aspect of it being a you know this kind of uh uh kind of beard situation is different but you know everyone's had awkward experiences like that or having you know whatever and i think that that you know just being able to experience that in two two different ways is interesting to me and then the way that we can i i think the things that 
the way we explored these albums on this podcast, it's helped. It's it's interesting to see and compare how you listen and how we we experience things. You know, I'm glad that we do this kind of dual thing where the past and the present because it's interesting to see how those two things kind of inform each other, but also how they're completely different because you know, in a lot of ways, we are completely different from you know 2007 when we were you know 20, 21, 22, 23 years old. Yeah. Why don't yes. you go ahead? No, we may be done with the past, but the past is not done with us. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Past is not past. It's not even the past. Adrian, you're pretty much, I'm kind of aligned with you with the, my current history where it was shocking that I didn't invest time in this album when I was younger. Um, but when I did listen to it, the, uh, I had forgot about it. I'd forgot about this guy, you know, cause I never really knew him, but I knew of him. But then I heard the um, postcard to Nina song, and I was like, "Oh, it all came flooding back to me." Where my brother Zachary had played me that song, I was like, "Oh yeah, this song was like the little bop of 2007. It was everywhere. We're well, not everywhere, but it was a hyped song." Yeah, I don't have. It's just very pleasant, and I listened to it a lot when I was walking in headphones. But then today I put it on the stereo, and it's clean as shit. Like. This dude's yeah. production is down, like pretty perfect. Like dialed in, yeah, it's dialed sure. in with the strings and then the little boom bap, like old school hip hop kind of beats, and it has a little bit of like boogaloo type sounding stuff, and he even samples like a salsa guy, so that makes sense. Um, it all makes sense. It might be a little cloying, cloying, a little too cutesy, but yeah. I mean, I'll keep my history short because I think we talked, kind of nailed it. Like, it's just, it can be a little saccharine, but that's not a bad thing. So that's just my history. Like, it's very enjoyable. If It might not be important, but it's good. So. Huh. That's, that's yeah. interesting that you're saying it <laughs> might not be important because I, I don't disagree with that. I think if you're asking people like, in terms of influences, like, I don't know if this record is an influence on artists now in the same way that, you know, maybe that deer hunter record from the same year or what is, Ooh. you know, or, or, <laughs> or, or other, <laughs> other thing. We should do a other celebrity things. death match style of Bradford Cox versus Jens Lickman. Uh, lick him. <laughs> lick him. <laughs> I, don't know, I, I mean, think all like, guys, they both have reach. Yeah. But that dude is like what? 10 pounds sopping wet. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think he should be fighting people. Well, he has a disease. No. <laughs> he has a disease. I don't know, though. He's got reach. He might, he might trick me, you know. Yeah, but I think that. Atlanta, baby. Yeah, that's true. Sure, I think that. Scrapped. I think that there's other, and I think that there's other records, you know, like the Belly and Sebastian stuff is a prime example of that, where there's other records in this genre, in this style, where that stuff is much more influential to my ears than this one is. But like you're saying, that doesn't mean it's bad. That doesn't mean it's not great, uh, a classic record. It just, it's it's kind of its own deal. It's, it is of its yeah. own time it's and place. It's not even disposable. It's just, no. it's just, it never moved out of 2007. Yeah. That'd be a good line mm -hmm. from like a, a romance movie where it's like a woman's breaking up with a dude and she's like, you're good. You're just not important. It's like oh <laughs> dagger <laughs> somebody said that wait Kev, are you reading my diary from 2000 i'm reading your script actually you left it at my oh, house oh shit 
bad move. Dude. This movie <laughs> this makes guy no is, sense. Well, we'll get into it with the slaps and wax, but he does have a little Woody Allen vibe with like some of his. Oh, uh, yeah, dude, yeah. that's a good point. It's like <laughs> yeah. Whit Stillman, Woody like, Allen, ooh, <laughs> like, a, yeah. a maybe a little little Bombeck, you know, yeah. down in there. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Bombakian. All right, should we take a break and then go into slapiators? Yeah, let's say? take a break. Yeah. Where's this guy from? Yeah. Sweden. Jothenburg. Sweden. Damn He's it. From a place called Angered Sweden. I was at a CVS. I should have bought that five pound bag of Swedish fish for tonight. <laughs> that's a bad, that's a stereotype. No, Dude, that's like a racial slur. <laughs> I got I got stoned on marijuana. I'll I'll put it out there. Which is legal. <laughs> and I something happened where I ate dinner too early. And I was like fucking hungry, but I was stoned too late. You ever that ever happened to you? <laughs> it's like you get, I'm stoned twenty four seven, so it doesn't. Really I know I'm constantly like, eating. So you get like munchies like <laughs> two hours after you ate dinner. I took okay, down, yeah, yeah. I took down a bag of Swedish fish, dude, and I thought I was gonna die <laughs> the next day. I was like, like blood red, fucking gummy shits. It was disgusting. <laughs> It can't, yeah. The it's not like it used to be. No. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Candy, candy after like midnight. Bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're, we're all learning, guys. <laughs> all right, should we take important. a break? Goose break. That was breaking up. Dust breaking. All right, moving along. Let's talk about our slaps. Slappers. What are some highlights yeah. of this album, fellas? Well, the ultimate slapper on this album has to be a postcard to Nina. Says who, though? No, I feel like you're always ordaining the this is the <laughs> album of the song. But well, I think this is like... I do my own research. I'm my own expert. I think Jens Lechman, yeah, I know, so. if you're just... Uh, reducing his career to one song it's probably this song that has the most lasting i think mm-hmm, impact. And, and it's a good summation of everything he's going for on this album like the narrative yeah. quality the kind of multi-genre mixing it sounds, it sounds like cleverness sam- yeah sounds like he's sampling that song grooving by the young rascals i think which, he is uh, sampling something on there i can't which, remember if which in is, turn but. gets Sampled by lighter shade of brown for the uh, Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's some great Chicano rap. Yeah, shout out the Riverside Foos, uh, lighter shade of brown. But uh, yeah, it's a good storytelling song. It has like a doo-wop element. You could say that some of his it's a little too much genre blending with like doo-wop-y. It can be a little. I don't know. It could be, it could be a little like white guy doing R and B. Could sound a little yeah, uh, Northern Soul, appropriate, appropriative or whatever. But I don't know. Blue eyed soul. Yeah, blue eyed soul type yeah. stuff. It is, of course, the song where he taught the world how to say his own name. Yeah. Lee <laughs> I know we haven't uh, had one slip, one slip up. On but uh, Adrian, I'm sure you probably like this song as well. What do you think? 
you would like yeah. this song. <laughs> well, I mean, I already talked about how much I liked it. And, you know, yeah. when I was, uh, I had this, when, when we were working at the pizza shop, I would talk about music a pizza lot with, store. with the pizza store. I would talk a lot about music with, with the various, our various friends and employees. And one of the things I came up with when I was there was the concept of a, like a rewind cut, which is like a song that you <laughs> immediately rewind. Oh yeah. Um, to listen to again. And this was definitely one of those for me. I think um, that it's just, there's something to it that it is the perfect kind of encapsulation of his song or his songwriting and his, his sound and style, but it also is just a really good pop song, like on its own. It's just like the way, as you, as you guys have talked about and we've discussed, it's, it's just the way he forms these things. Like he does have this kind of internal, you know, songwriting mechanism that just makes it sound so good. And and like he, he filters all of that stuff, but whether it's the Northern soul or, you know, taking different elements from different kinds of genres and putting it together, like he interprets it through his own kind of viewpoint and his own kind of, uh, you know, Swedish style. And it's, it's just really showcased on this song. And it's uh, yeah, I, I think it's, it's one of his best songs it's up there. I would say that probably <clears throat> one of his earlier singles, Maple Leaves, might maybe a better encompassing encompasses his early sound better. But this one is definitely kind of showcasing what he would become and and also kind of what he still sort of sounds like, which is, you know, very much in the still in the vein of this kind of clean pop that's kind of pulling from all these different genres. Yeah. <laughs> Orchestration, you know, very well sequenced. If you will, I think around the 110 mark, minute 10 of the song, it's like a five-minute song. Um, But I think around the 110 mark, it really kind of takes off and it highlights that kind of doo-wop-y, but also like strings. Like, yeah, it has like a very, like, yeah, (laughs) arrangement kind of almost like, american songbooky sort of type stuff but yeah so here is sorry go ahead yeah minute 10 all right here is a bit of a postcard to nina it means yes if it's not it means take a guess hey you stop kicking my legs i'm doing my best can you pass the place on a sunday afternoon (laughs) (laughs) totally i mean he has that groove part down like it definitely it's not you know Sometimes these white boys can't get that funky, but he gets funky enough to where he kind of, yeah, he gets in the pocket with the. And I think that's the whole Scandinavian trip where there's enough removed. They're so white that they can do the like <laughs> R&B <laughs> black baseline where it's like, okay, that's kind of admirable. Like, you know, like it's like weird in that way. <laughs> totally. Um, and then <coughs> we got to hear the 240 mark where he says his own name because it taught yeah, the world his own name. taught the world how to say Jens Lickman. Yeah. 
but also maybe that's like a little throwback to hip hop where you're like kind of hyping yourself up a little bit. There's a lot of little, <laughs> it's almost he verges on backpacky rap almost. <laughs> uh, yeah, here's a little bit of uh, here's some of that. Say Jens Fodder's mailing me all the time. Fodder. He says he just wants to say hi. I send it's back out of office all the replies. Nina, I just no, want to check in. I think it was too far. Wait, wait, I want to hear this story. Oh, right uh, I think we just missed story. it. Right here. Oh, it's later. Just right here. It's right here. Stand in your way. Yours truly. What well, settles that? <laughs> it was 340 and not 240. Oh, now. my bad. All um, good. I that's a sweet you know, little, that's, that's cool. like a sweet little dude for verse. playing that full minute. Yeah, but we talked song. over it. It's all good. But is he in love with the woman? I want to talk, I want to talk about the plot points. I don't think this, he's in love. I think, here. I think he's just his friend. Nina? Because he says, like, I love you. Maybe it's just yeah. like a platonic love, or is it like a well, I don't know, chasing don't know. maybe it does come become here. a crush. Like, maybe when he was he... like 18, 19. I, I fell in love with a lesbian, so I, I feel that who hasn't pink triangle on your that? sleeve. Uh, let did you know I, the truth, huh? Did I think that, or did I just say yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> no, sometimes you don't really, you're like, this is a cool woman, like, she doesn't, yeah. Want and then it's like, oh wait, yeah, yeah totally. because it's I'm not I don't have the right parts. Like, okay, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it is I I think like I like that song. I, I like the storytelling. It's just like a little chamber drum, like little comedy of errors, chamber comedy kind of <laughs> thing. Like I don't know. It's that's like a really yeah. It's kind of like know, meet like, the parents, the song because he talks about like I said, like it's like what I was. Yeah. 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 It's, <laughs> And it's post meet no. the parents, yeah. The, so I, it's like it I said, is. the romantic comedy, like it's it's like a scene from a romantic comedy. I think he's just yeah, totally yeah, who's joking at its a lie detector. Meet yeah. the. Fuckers. I don't think they got that movie up in Sweden until probably that year. Yeah, yeah. meet meet the Lechmans. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyone else? I wonder how he, a... he moved to New York, right? I wonder how that he went. moved to Australia. Like yeah. Oh, he's uh, in there. Uh, you know that part in the song where he's like, Are "Oh, oh, yeah." In he's song. like, "Yeah, I'm going to New York." He's like, "Wait, I thought you were going right. to Sweden." Yeah. Caleb, you had a slapper, right? The first. Trilogy? I do have a slapper. Yeah, we share a slapper. Actually, I only have one slapper because, like I said, this album's a little bit grating for me, but you know, overly enjoyable. It's I long. Just it's an hour. Attach slapper to it, and that—that's the first song. Yeah, and. And and any of the songs like I enjoy, I don't like them all as one song. So the one song I like kind of like like you know, front to back is uh and I remember every kiss. Mm. It's a good intro song because it's like totally incinerates my expectations. What I thought it'd be I was like, oh, this is totally different. This is a little bit more out there. 
and it totally has like a Scott Walker three yeah, or four vibe definitely. to it. And I know yeah, I like, wish the album sounded as more a, like that. Like the more that's Scott what exactly Walkery, what I was gonna say. It kind of balladeer guy me weirdo. up for it. And then the next song is like yeah, that first track though has that yeah, just like that. And because like, like Scott Walker, it's like a yeah. sunnier, sunnier yeah, Scott Walker. Yeah, yeah, but just like the swelling like strings and just kind of the drama of it I, 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 I very much enjoy and then i think you know the album kind of sets it goes off in different directions from there but yeah, yeah. and it's kind of like sinatra-esque with the strings it's like um yeah like the arrangements like he's a very good arranger yeah totally yeah. like uh all uh yeah, yeah and it's like, cool he can like arrange i don't know how what his like method was but if he was like using pretty rudimentary samples or midis or whatever and to like translate that into that like really big string sounding i thought it's like a pretty cool pretty cool way well to do it. he did it's think it's a mix i think there are some there's some string samples and then there he did bring people in to play live so yeah there's yeah. both <clears throat> yeah i think this one specifically is a sample though on on this one um yeah. but i love like how a, bombastic this is too yeah it's like a quincy jones yeah esque arrangement of a song the fact that these songs just have like bridges like you don't hear that a lot or at least it's not as common not as it was in not in, in, the, yeah, indie, in the indie sphere yeah it's yeah totally like not even like a rock yeah kind of you hear that in like country all. music yeah. and like pop like you know like barbara streisand or something like right right barbara well, let's hear some of this motherfucker. Yeah, did you have a timestamp, or do you, should I just just do it from the from the, the jump? You know, it's an intro the song. The tippy yeah. is pretty good. Yeah, the whole intro, give from the top. Yeah, tippy. Just the tippy. here, here's the <laughs> from the tippy tippy top, and I remember every kiss. Kind of Disney strings yeah, a little bit. Yeah, Disney esque. Mm -hmm. There will be no kisses tonight. There will be no holding hands tonight. Night. Yeah, let's get to some of the more bombastic. Uh, bits over here in the middle but that melancholy <clears throat> in his voice kind of it's not often there this first song really has yeah, it yeah yeah the kind of warbling baritone thing yeah i think some of his earlier stuff has a little bit more of this on there or a little bit more of this this vibe to it uh <clears throat> but here is a little bit more of uh and i remember every kiss I think back on that night it was lovely by the lake in your daddy's 240 Stephen Merritt like oh yeah of that kid. it's like Stephen Merritt meets Burt Bacharach or something <laughs> things get more complicated when you're I also mm -hmm. like that he pitches up right there and like he he's really yeah. in command of his voice in like a way that I don't think is is talked often enough <clears throat> about him. Yeah. 
Yeah, here's a little bit more. Let's see if we can get those Euro dudes always stay in key. That's for sure. Yeah, let's see if like I want to get some of the bombastic drums in here. Let's see if we can pick some of that up. Maybe not. Boom, 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 boom. That's trying to. Anyways, add the yeah. There's drums Anyways. in here, folks. Just trust yeah. us. Listen to the fucking album. It has a. It also reminds me kind of like the Beach Boys, how they'll have like a yeah, real I mean, syrupy intro and then like really hit the R and B rock and roll part of the song. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <clears throat> what about you, Adrian? What are your slappers? So I think that some of the ones, so I know that one of my slappers or both two of my slappers are wax for you, Caleb. Oh, dissension in the ring. Yeah. So uh, dissension in the ranks. well, before we get into that, I'll talk about one that is not um, that you guys didn't put on anything and either of your whack or slaps. Um, and that's, <clears throat> excuse me sipping on sweet n- on the sweet nectar um which oh, is the yeah. second song. oh i believe it's called sipping on that scissor <laughs> sipping, sipping on that nectars no i can't i don't know um but <clears throat> i just I, this like coming off that intro song which is definitely much more kind of down mood and then going into this more upbeat thing I think is interesting and I don't know. I think this is just a really good pop song. I like that the disco elements, you know, come out, come out pretty apparent on this song. It's very like kind of horns and strings, 1977 vibes. And I, I really dig that. And that's it's just, it is, you know, I mean, sweets in the title, but it is a very sweet kind of saccharine song in a, you know, in a good way. I, I don't know. I, I really like the, I just really like the, the instrumentation and just the way that everything meshes on this song. Uh, but I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on it at all? Yeah. Well, this, this song uh, samples the uh, Willie Rosario cover of uh, was it like when I get to Phoenix or something that. Yeah. Uh, is it Phoenix or is it. Um... What's that songwriter, that 70s songwriter that did it. I'm sorry. Lee Hazelwood. Thank no, um, but anyways, you got a bunch of songs about Arizona. But it's uh, by the time I get to Phoenix by Jimmy Webb and Jimmy performed Webb. by uh, Willie Rosario. Yeah, <clears throat> Willie Rosario is like a Arizona salsa guy, Puerto Rican salsa mm-hmm. musician. And I've in the last few years, I haven't been getting into salsa, but I've been getting into like Boogaloo, the like Harlem like '60s style kind of latin like bongo music and like that shit is like fucking amazing and i think he does channel jens lechman channels that a lot on this album in a very in like a very respectful way it's not like he's doing like some cheesy version of it like "Eh, i'll steal these rhythms and like it's very thoughtful i think like it's apparent that I mean, I think it's apparent that he loves that music, right? That he's he's influenced it in that, yeah, he doesn't want to cheapen it or or just, you know, kind of bastardize it. A gimmick. It's more no. 
he's he he knows it like he's studying mm -hmm. which i respect. exactly yeah yeah he's he's sampling it because he loves it because he thinks it's great and he wants to build on it you know it's not it's not something that's that's you know i think it's easy especially in the mashup kind of you know era i well the pitchfork review mentioned it like where it there is there was these kind of like one trick gimmicky songs that would pull a thing and be like and you'd be like oh that's funny that's clever putting those two things together but it was never really thoughtful in the way that this is like you're saying it's it this is yeah. definitely much more considered and much more like he yeah he it's clear that he's putting a lot of effort into this because he he fucking loves the music yeah and he appreciates Swedes, and respects it the swedes love to do like a bongo riff like yeah peter bjorn and john the young folks style you know taking from that but uh yeah i've never heard that song i'll have to check that out you lost your hearing for all of 2006 is that right yes i don't know what happened it goes like this Bill. we're having a very cold lake yeah it doesn't all right here i don't know how to whistle so i just here's Here's some sipping on the sweet nectar, <clears throat> specifically Ooh. some uh, some of those disco horns and strings. Give me that nectar. I wish I would have loved less, but that's when the feeling hits. So just lick your lips. These are the good times that you'll miss. You are sipping on the sweet nectar of your memories. Yeah, great, great stuff. And also out there, if you don't like disco or you think it's stupid or cheesy or, you know, whatever, fuck you, because disco rules. <laughs> yeah, go back to the 70s, dude. You suck. Was it stinks? Was it suck or stinks? Uh, disco disco sucks. sucks. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> disco sucks sucks. <laughs> yeah. You know what else yeah, sucks? Racism and homophobia. That's what that was. And you know what else sucks? <laughs> yes, it is. The yes, it is. Rock alternatives. You know what really sucked was the rock alternatives in like 1977 <laughs> to 1981. That shit was horrible. Rest God. in peace, Charlie Watts. Yeah. It, yeah. Was boring <laughs> man. Rock and roll. Troubled individual. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about the DJ who did the disco sucks nights. Oh, that guy. Uh, that asshole. Yeah. No, fuck that yeah. guy. That's dude. That's always the. You know what though? That's always the bummer though. If you like look back at like when the fucking old classic rock dudes felt they were like you know on the ropes in like the eighties <laughs> or the seventies with disco, and then the eighties and nineties with hip hop, where they're just like being completely reactionary. Or in the seventies and with just punk rock, like right? They, yeah, they, they only wanted Led Zeppelin to exist for. 500 years and that was all of music like, right but if you listen to the in the context of music made by you know people of color black people gay people you know like i think they were very vitriolic about that shit i wonder why mm -hmm. but like yeah. there'll be all these dog, old interviews and they're like whistle. and they just think we're yeah we're the it's like you're stealing beats 
hip hop's not even music. You just press play on something, you're fucking silly. And there's like everyone. There's like fucking Rolling Stone, the Almond Brothers, like all these videos, and they're like mainstream like MTV news interviews or whatever, where they're just like just saying this not even thinly veiled, just horrible shit about how it's like not music, it doesn't count. But it's like, no, you guys are just losing your market share and you don't want to understand something because you're just dumb and comfortable. Yeah. So. It's amazing how how long the whole aura of like, don't let rock and roll die. It was like the writing was yeah. on the wall. Like the during like the height of MTV, they were so gung-ho about only playing rock music videos. Yeah. Like they knew that hip hop was coming and the hip hop was going to be the new rock and roll. But so what they expanded, like rock and roll was like whiteness, you know, too. (laughs) It's like they expanded the meaning of that and who was protected by that to a bunch of other shit. But they would consider rock and roll like new wave and shit that's like not really rock and roll, but it's like, oh, it's being played by a certain, you know, demographic. Have you ever heard that? So that, that gets to be a part of the identity of which we call rock music have you ever seen that interview it's like david bowie and it's like 1980 like three and he's getting interviewed by some mtv vj and that video is awesome david bowie's like so why don't you play like rick james or like confunction or like all these great early 80s like funk bands like they're like well Mm -hmm. like only white people like music videos and he's like well music is like, not- no we're going for the rock crowd we're going for <laughs> yeah. the rock yeah rock- he's like he's like music Adam is- Curry or something yeah he's like well <laughs> american music is inherently like influenced by black people so like why aren't yeah. you playing their videos that interview is awesome he like, has yeah. the dude's number the whole time he's yeah. just so con- he's like because david bowie was always a fucking dope ally for shit um very well, good because he model knew where for, his bread was even, buttered. even learned a lot yeah he's like yeah. jens lickman he was doing philly soul like the height of his popularity where he's like okay i gotta like expand my or deepen my influence not even expand it i gotta like mm-hmm. dive deeper do a track well, that, yeah yeah well he's also you know i mean he yeah it's it clear that bowie also loved that music and was influenced by that music grew up on the music just as many other artists english artists were but i think he definitely had a more of a respect for it and then he you know he would later you know famously he'd break you know luther vandross and other backup backup yeah. singers and stuff like he he was yeah, he was definitely more enmeshed in and much more a part of it and that it, it totally is in line with him being like fuck you mtv like of course black people want to watch music videos like what the fuck are you talking about like yeah. <laughs> they all we all love yeah. music like what the fuck is wrong with you just play good music and people will watch yeah. it like shut the fuck up yeah. Yeah, and yeah, rock music doesn't need to mean because we're talking about the anti-disco thing. Oh yeah, which got carried over to like you know it's kind of like OAR like butt rock that was like the the you know the force against disco in the Mm seventies and eighties, and then that basically got kind of transposed to the 90s it was like boy bands versus new metal you know it was like although, kind of, even although, though like i'm not comparing yeah. disco and boy bands but it's kind of the same you know anti you know kind of in masculine yeah. music it's coming from the same kind of place the same kind of yeah. macho bullshit yeah. rock and roll yeah. you know although cock oriented but it's like but not only that 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 has to be like masculine it has to be 
it has to be um fucking like regressive it has to like be not Taking growing you know like yeah no yeah and it has to be like has very let's let's tighten the parameters of what that meaning is you know although We're saying like, like rap rock sucks is inherently not good call because it's such a white form of what <laughs> hip-hop was yeah like the meathead version yeah. of anything like, kid rock's drummer was a black woman come on uh, I mean, that, that's kind of cool i give it just shows your that. own ignorance <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that, that music's aggressive in a bad way yeah. no i think to kind of bring it full circle it's like for people to show reverence towards discos we could all learn from that we should all have complete reverence towards disco because that shit rules yeah hmm? that's true all right Ready. Well, let's um, uh should we get into the slap or the wax now? Yeah, we can get into some wax. Adrian, why don't you um, hey, Adrian, did you already say your slap? You said one? Yeah, that was yeah, my was slap. The, the uh the next uh, drinking oh, or sleeping. sipping on the sweet nectar. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But um I, <clears throat> I'm saying we should get into our wax because I think one of the, some of the wax or some stuff that I like that was a slap for me. So can no wax for me. No wax for me. No wax. Shocking. The show is called Wax or Slaps, Adrian. Not <laughs> slaps. What don't well, I got understand? plenty of slaps. Whack you didn't get the slaps. memo. <laughs> Whack or Caleb, slaps. What, what you and got? or slaps. What do you got? Um, well, they're, <laughs> I feel bad because they're both songs Adrian has on his uh, slaps list. Um. But yeah, I think the one that's in Swedish, uh, Kanski. That means I think I love you. Uh, yeah, I th- it means I think <laughs> I love you. I think it's like Kanskerig care I you dig yeah. something like that. My Swedish is I dig. My Swedish is a little rusty. rusty. Yeah, I I almost had this as a whack, but I crossed it off subtitles last night to get my uh to get myself yeah um has some stolen valor kind of like r&b doo-woppy kind of yeah um parts to it that part mm. kind of made me cringe a little bit it kind and because it's funny because like we were just talking about this guy kind of does no shit and he's and he's respectful and reverential and things but i think on this song he i don't know if he doesn't to me at least in my hearing of it it doesn't kind of shows a lack of understanding uh or love for hip-hop um but that's just kind of the cynical part of me saying that um just kind of how it manifests itself on this song and like i said like kind of the preoccupation with like the swanky beats um i'm not into that and it's like kind of the songs kind of the shares that dna with the avalanches i think uh more so than a lot of it so yeah i don't know i just found it overdone and just not very i don't know respectful or not respectful but i just think those elements don't work at all for me like bringing in beats and you know kind of the r&b and soul parts of it thanking the stink it's thanking the stink a little bit yeah Um, i don't know and and it also sounds like that membrane between like earnest and gimmicky for music like this is very thin and i think it kind of breaks down and goes more towards the um the gimmick Nikki side of things yeah caleb a lot of some of these songs i think especially on the back half of this album there's like this 90s back half's kind of hard i'm gonna be honest 90s pop sound where it's i mean famously he has a song that sounds like um bop 
by Hanson. Like, I think that's intentional. Uh, but on this song, the the whatever jar garsh garsh I dig. Um, the it's three minutes. Duhash, Duhash, Nish, Nish. Yeah. You can just say maybe I'm in love with you. Let's just maybe go with I, that. Maybe I'm in love with you. At the three minute mark, it sounded it sounds like he's sampling the Chamber Brothers riff from the song Funky, which mm. also do you know who that's famously sampled by? I do not. Sugar Ray, I just want to fly. <laughs> oh boy. So I think it's like talk it, about nineties. So but I that's what I'm saying. I think it's like him doing a 90s song that would uh, irreverently sample a 70s song, but he's taking it back. And he's like, now this is the reverent version of sampling. And that I can respect because I was going to say there was this kind of tendency, not just in um, like pop music, but in Iraq of like, oh, black people make kind of goofy music. And I'm going to kind of poke fun at it by not like, deploying it in a way that is respectful of the shows and that i'm interested in it just to make it like you know i don't know kind of a, like, I think he's i'm gonna get some cheap thrills pop, out of pop it. music I think no that's what i'm saying is I, I have a lot more faith in him to do that than a lot of these other fuckers who sampled hip-hop or like funk or whatever just thought it is goofy music you know yeah um but i do have a funny story about that sugar ray song i remember in the 90s when that song came out if you listen to it on one radio station, they had the full song with the super cat, like the reggae dude in it. And then on oh, 93.3, yeah. which was like the rock station, they edited, they had a radio edit that didn't have that dude on it. And I remember <laughs> as a little kid, I would hear it on the different stations and I'd be like, that's so fucked up. They just took that dude out because he's black. Like, wow, this song does not fundamentally change at all. So why does one radio station have it and the other one doesn't? Like rap I was rock. like I was super incensed by that. It's called rap rock. No, but they took out the the <laughs> rap part. Well, play the will. Adrian. Play the three minute mark of that song. I think I love you. Well, don't make uh, me maybe like I'm it. in love with you. Maybe I'm in love with you. All right, here song is number eleven off like of uh, Talladega Nights. Here's some Kunskare Yeg Care I Dig. Oh, we got Stig Larson in the in the house. <laughs> Shut the door, baby. Don't say a word. <laughs> it's a different song. Oh, that's like that Chamber Brothers song, "Funky." Mm-hmm. That's a sweet little melody. Okay. Yeah, that yeah, I like that. That's but like I said, you, you're kind of picking a part that's kind of sweet. Play some like uh, the beginning like, also sounds like Mr. Big Stuff by Gene Knight. Yeah, and pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe do the top to maybe in 45 seconds or something. I don't know. There's just some cringy shit. It's not my jam. All right. Well, here's from the tippy top. Yeah. Caleb, this Can was a scare. Need- yeah, carry dig. This was what a was need- that? Are you speaking backwards, Adrian? Uh, <laughs> your gum Dude, will come back in style. Backwards, it gives you <laughs> messages. Um, but Caleb, this was a knee-jerk whack for me as well. But then I spent more time with it, and I'm like, okay, I, I kind of like it. Yeah, I, 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 I to say about knee-jerk later, but 
<laughs> okay. I um I like this song. I think I I get what you're saying. It doesn't play like that to me. I think it just sounds filtered through his Swedishness to me. I I don't know. I I get where you're coming where you're coming from, but I don't know if it was I think you're being a little too hard on it on this song, but uh anyways, here here it is from the tippy top. Chili's baby back ribs. <laughs> Some Folgers. I want Folgers all of a sudden. <laughs> Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? <laughs> <laughs> Don't be talking about Rockapella like that. <laughs> yeah, dude. What was the Mark and Brian? They had a. It's a little Maroon Five right there. I'll I'll give you that. Yeah, that I don't like upstroking. I don't think. I think unless you're dragging <laughs> downstrokes only. Downstrokes. Yeah, don't Albert, even up and downstrokes. Albert King. He's the king of the upstroke. I'm of course yeah. I'm painting with a very broad brush. No, Kev, that intro sucks. I'll give you that. But I think that he hits a groove. He hits a groove. I had that. It as definitely a does. Yeah. Because that intro is jarring as fuck. Um, oh, I just want to play a little bit of the vocal harmonies. I think those are really nice on this track. Uh, I'm not sure if I forget if who's the background vocals on this song, but um, here's a little bit of that. Yeah, I don't know. I just like his voice and on this track. I, lo- I I like the track, and I think it does hit a groove that's really <clears throat> pleasant. And again, ending this record, I as I've mentioned, I like records that end on a bang, or I like when records end in a bang and they do it well. And I think this does it well for me. It does at least. It sounds like you guys have some more problems with this back half here, but you know what I said. He ends. You know, go with God. You know, good for you <laughs> on this song. Um, I got a whack. Song number six, I am leaving you because I don't like love you. Mm-hmm. And that has the tough alliance sample, which tough alliance I forgot was a thing. Why would why were people sampling tough alliance at this point? Because was- tough alliance was like huge. They were like uh, influential band for like six months, I guess. <laughs> I, go back, I'm sure it was longer back, for this than that, but yeah. Go back and read those pitchfork reviews well, of Tough Alliance. They talk about them like they're I don't even know. Like I'm sure we'll, Mozart or what something. was their deal? We'll see for their they were the next Mozart. Yeah. <laughs> According to Pitchfork, they were like they were changing music or something. I don't know. Well, I just think that a lot of people were ripping them off and ripping like off that, that sound. Remember that other band, JJ? Yeah, like, I was about to say. It was like sample. Like, it must have been the year of, that was, must have been my year of deafness. Yeah, it was like emo rockers like found Ooh. the sample. Ooh, no, and like they were no. cool. Yeah, I don't know. It's dumb. We'll do Tough Alliance for sure. I'm um, sure it'll come up. 
But this song, I'm leaving yeah. you because I don't love you. Song number six. I feel like six through the back half kind of starts the descent of this album where it's not, I don't know, it gets a little mm-hmm. old for me. And this song kind of like you're talking, like we've been talking, like the whole, it's not rap rock by any means, but it's not far off in some ways. Um, I thought this. I think Sugar Ray would, I think back to Sugar that, Ray, that's kind yeah. of like the best analog <laughs> to little, it. A little too Euro. I think that it's like a lesser flaming lips. Like it's like a mm. soft bulletin B side or something. Um, I don't know. Adrian, you want to play like the one ten mark or something. I don't know. This whole beat is a little off for me. This, this whole song sounds flat. Yeah. Here is right. some of that. Did you like, do you have this as a slapper? I didn't have it as a slapper. I had it as an honorable mention. <clears throat> Um, I'll play a little bit and then I'll tell you my thoughts on it. Uh, here is I'm leaving you because I don't love you. It's a really mean thing to say. I am leaving you because I don't love you. I am leaving you because I don't love you. <laughs> so for me i like the song because it's kind of a different take on the sample thing i think the way he's working with the sample here and incorporating it is is different from the other songs it's kind of more apparent it's a sample here which i like it's kind of more in the classic kind of hip-hop beat you know where the the sample becomes much more of a much more in front and i just i don't know the way that the bass comes in and the electronics form around the the track and then his vocal take i it it's a good song to me but i i don't know what 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 else do you think about it no i just think it sounds like a little gimmicky or something and then mm. i don't know i think if you could play like uh, i didn't timestamp it but there's like the last minute of the song, it's like very much like a flaming lips kind of B side where it has like this swelling kind of background vocal, trying to be kind of trippy. Trip it's hop? neither here and it, <laughs> trip hop. It's, not it's neither trip here hop. nor there. I just feel like he's out of his wheelhouse on this song. Like it, it, it doesn't mm, belong. He's out over his skis. Yeah. <laughs> Is that how that expression goes? Yeah. All right. Well, so to me, it sounds like to me, it sounds like that works for me that he's going a little bit out of his his box, but I don't know. And and for you guys, it it doesn't. But yeah, here here's a little bit of that back half of the song. Sesame Street or some shit. It's like a dumb flaming lips. Cool. Yeah. It's kind <laughs> of a silly song. Yeah. I, I will say no, because you're talking about like, did you say you had one on the list and you took it back or whatever? I did that with this song. Like I had it. It was like my reaction was like, I literally had it under my wax, like written down. And then I listened to it again. I was like, oh, you know what? This song's like kind of sweet. And I erased it. <laughs> 
I yeah. did that with the, your arms around me. That song later. So I, I did that basically like every um, song. Yeah, I went back, back and out. forth, but the songs I stuck with is Stinkers. I'm I'm, I'm still yeah. okay with. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. finish it off then with one though the other whack that you got. Yeah, here. the other other descent I have with Adrian here, and uh, this album is very apropos. It finishes the album off, but the Friday night at the drive-in bingo. Oh god, is it a drive-in or is it a bingo place? Bing. It's both. You play bingo both. in your car. <laughs> I guess. guess so. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. But it does this... have at the drive-in in the in the name of the song. So that's cool. <laughs> this was uh, a true. single, <laughs> and it ends there with what I like. Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, this was like the first single, I believe. One arm scissor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's I don't know. I think it's peak gimmicky. Um, for the for this album and for this era. Um, Sounds like sitcom theme music. Yeah, I don't like <laughs> understand. It's painfully white, painfully, painfully white. And it has like that the beat is kind of like a teen idol, um, kind of like fifties doo-woppy. Uh, uh, yeah, teen idol music. I don't know what what that's called. Oldies kind of beat <laughs> yeah. that is just do up i don't know it's a little cosplay of like oh what if i grew up in the 50s or whatever i don't know it's like sick yeah it's like happy days or whatever it's like jersey kind of boys like, oldies but goodies yeah um yeah this is a oldies but not goodies stuff. yeah i don't know it just it, it completely just annoyed me and um i had it on the list and it stayed on the list i went back to listen to it again and i was like because there's like okay things about it but yeah i don't know i think ultimately it's just whack whack it off the album that's what i say yeah i just have in my notes too cute well he's a cute guy he yeah, is where? i think oh <laughs> yeah dude oh you're so bald you should do dude. a reissue um, where yeah where he's bald where he's I, just sitting there i see for me i think that that the kind of pastiche new woppy thing works and as I mentioned, I like that it ends the album on a bang. I think he could have easily ended it. Well, maybe he could have ended it like And I Remember Every Kiss where something more bombastic and that could have worked yeah, well too. Yeah, I think that's maybe what I was expecting. I was kind of cute out for that. Yeah, so, you know, it, it definitely pushes it. It ends it on a kind of an up note. And I like that. Um, and I like I, I do like the pastiche uh, nature of it, where it's it's very it's very much 50s, 60s vibes. But let's hear a little bit of it. Uh, here here is some of the chorus of Friday Night at the Drive-In Bingo. Bingo star. Maybe I'm also just a sucker for like good horn lines. And I, I like that horn line a lot. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like that old rock where like the guitar wasn't going to be the main instrument. It was all like saxophones. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. That the didn't big, that, that didn't stick. It's like the big man. It's got some light skronk on it that I yeah. like. Gotta all love right. that skronk. Let's move on. Okay. Let's close this bitch. All right. <laughs> Before we do that, let's take a little break. 
I need to take a Jens leak, man. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I'll be right back. Okay, we've said our piece um, about what's whack and what slaps. Some disagreements here and there, but you know, it's we're all friends. We're all civil, you know, and we all have to see each other this weekend too. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, can't have any dissension in the ranks. Shout out D Max, friend of the show. Congratulations. Hopefully, we'll play some Jens Lichtman at the wedding. <laughs> but um, at any rate, um, how would you rate this, folks? Listeners uh, out there, write down your rating. Just let us know. Send it to us. Wackerslams, gmail.com. The betas. Coward. <laughs> yeah, you fucking betas. Um, so I broke down my rating like this. I gave it a 9.0 through the first five. Songs. Whoa. What? <laughs> <laughs> and then. It's a split decision. Make me do some math six, there. And then six through twelve, I give it like a I don't know six point nine, seven point oh. I think it kind of like wore on me a little while. So if you average that out, I give it an eight point oh. Wait, there's twelve songs though. What do you give the other three? <laughs> no, six through okay, six through twelve is like a seven, I guess. So seven and a nine, you mix that up, you get a eight. So you I do. It, so that's yours. That's your score. Eight. Yeah, I give it an eight. It's it's good, catchy. It's good. Did yeah, I heard, it's eight. Did I tell my wifey's corner yet? She, my wife Kiki, liked this album when she was going to college at the CCA. She said it was a big, like you know, this is an art school here in the Bay. Just, I'm surprised uh, he doesn't have a song about art school. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's a very friendly if you're 19, 20 and going to art school. Like, a, you know, this is like a sensation, like of an album. But for me, it never was. I, I never had that luster of the youthfulness. Like, I think if I'd listened to it when I was younger, it'd be different. But since I didn't, <laughs> I give it 8.0 because it's very well produced. And I like, I appreciate arrangement and production and all that, but yeah, 8.0, it, it, it gets a little gimmicky here and there. Caleb, yeah. what do you say? So I think about it like this. If I was like, saw, I was like on Netflix or whatever, Amazon prime. And I saw like a Swedish indie movie. And I was like, that kind of looks interesting. And then I looked it up on like Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb and saw what the rating was. What would be like the acceptable rating for me to watch it? Like at a minimum, you know, to be like interested in it. And that would probably be like a 7.2, like a 72, you know, on the, not the audience score, but the other one. So I'd be like, okay, it got a 72. I'll watch it. I gave it a 7.2. You should listen to it. Whoa. High praise coming from you. Uh, so baby, (laughs) I think for me, as I've mentioned, I was much more into and familiar with his EP compilation. Oh, you're so silent, Jens. That was to me. That's the one. Spotify, not on Spotify. Spotify is terrible when it comes to like EPs. I don't know why. I probably has to do with 
the rights and and the record labels that released yeah it a lot of time. eps and stuff get either released on a different label or independently smaller or, labels yeah, yep digital so, only, weird shit like that exactly so you know and i'm i'm bummed that it isn't on spotify i mean obviously i have i own it uh, uh but it's um so for me like that was the one that i probably would would have given a 9.0 9.0 seems pretty high to me i i don't know I, it's a very good record i think i'm gonna flip the score with what they gave oh you're so silent yens which was an 8.5 i think that i think this is a solid record is really well produced as you said Noah. it's really it's really pleasurable to listen to the songs hold up the songs are well written the f- stories are good and funny and interesting and clever um, so yeah, I think it's a solid 8.5. 9.0 seems seems high. So I think oh you're so silent gents for me is 9.0. This 8.5. And that gives us a 7.9 together collectively. So yeah. oh, seems like fair enough. Fair seems enough. a little just, low, but we should it is what it is. Bump it up to 8.0. What what I said. <laughs> are we are we cataloging this at all anywhere? <laughs> no. <laughs> We Do we have a historian? We Someone Maybe put it on the wiki. Already, yeah, he already does too much work for us on this pod wiki. Um, right. Any What's fans next? out there, um, if you want to be our historian and write down all the things we, uh, all the metrics from this, please feel free. All right. Put it in a spreadsheet. So ultimately, the only scale that really matters is would you rather listen to the number of tracks on this album or listen to Life's Been Good to Me by Joe Walsh? Uh, an equal amount of times. <laughs> I mean, that's too many times to listen to life's been good to me, but I don't uh, know, dude, in the right mood. Yeah. <laughs> life's it, being good to you. It's but. both like cheerful storytelling. I think. Yeah. It's a lot of storytelling. Mm-hmm. I think it's of a piece. I think Jen's Leckman could sample or do a cover of uh, the Joe. Oh, that'd be interesting. Life's been good to me. Or they could perform live. Caleb, do your impersonation of uh, Joe Walsh. Oh, man. Sweden's at a festival. Cool, man. Here's my oh, friend. So many blondes, babes, man. So Here's many blonde my... babes over there. Here's my friend, Jens Lakeman, singing Life's Been Good. <laughs> yeah, man. Adrian, what do you think? They charge what for a bag of cocaine in Sweden? No way. <laughs> <laughs> I far north. Yeah, I completely agree. I think you know. I think there's a similar good time vibe to both. There's you a know? certain amount yeah. of schlock to both of it, too. Right, a certain amount of feel good, some certain amount of cheese to both. So, good I think that they're of a piece. I wouldn't want to listen to Life's Been Good, you know, for 50 minutes necessarily. <laughs> so maybe, maybe we'll, we'll maybe we'll do this. Maybe we'll take that first the the first six songs that Noah loves. And then we'll add life's been times. good. What's that? Oh, the life's been good for 50 minutes. You only have to listen to it like five or six times. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But I think just just throw it in in the back half a couple of times to, to make yeah, up for that. Yeah. And then I think out. you're good. Right. Yeah, fill it out. Should we hear that? Or yeah. No? Yeah. yeah. Here's, uh, here's, here's some the- life's been good by Joey Walsh. Thank you. 
Big Man. Yeah, this doesn't slip and slide though on that guitar like this guy does. Not even a lot of guitar at all. That's all. Yes, Dick Man. Does anyone else feel like that opening drum rudiment is like four? What? It's too long. Four measures too long for the intro before the guitar comes in. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think it's just right. It's yeah. it's it's preppy. It's to get you in the mood. Yeah. It's enough well, time it's, for you to hit hit the bong. And then also, well, did he tell the drummer, "Can you play the simplest drum <laughs> possible?" I need well, to sound flat as fuck because I'm about to fucking rip your face off with this fucking lick well, I came up with. Well, no, it's an off-tempo version of um, that famous R&B, the uh, "Be My Baby" uh, mm. drum. Mm. Boom, boom, psh, boom, 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 psh. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Whatever happened to Jan Slickman? Do you ever get back together with Nina? No, he kind of <laughs> shit. He shat the bed. Shat me <laughs> after this after this album, he's kind of like worthless. Nobody cares. Yeah, I, I didn't like. I barely knew who he was in 2007, but yeah, I haven't heard a peep out of him. Well, his he's released a couple of more more records. I think the most recent was like three or four years ago. But the record after this, I know what love isn't. I think that was pretty big too. And that single Erica America was was also another song like uh, yeah. uh, yeah, song uh, postcard to Nina, where it was kind of everywhere for a minute in terms of like indie rock. But but yeah, he hasn't really. He hasn't really achieved the highs of sort of his first kind of, you know, those first EPs after those first couple of records. He's never really kind of hit that again. But, you know, he's still, I'm sure he's still around. Still, he's probably recording a record as we speak. He's out there doing his thing. He said he relocated. That was temp. He, he, so directly after this record, he relocated to Melbourne, Australia for a minute. And then eventually went back to Sweden to uh, record that I Know What Love Is in record. He was hopping on the Aussie rock thing. He's like, Sweden's big. Next thing's Australia. I got to be there for that. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, okay. Checking out the architecture. Right. Noah, what's uh, uh Yeah, he's trying to get that. The game. Let's play a yam. A game. Okay, I got a game. <laughs> game? I got a uh, game. A game. It's called Are They Swedish or Are They British? <laughs> um, so I'll okay. name some bands. You'll tell me, are they from Sweden or are they from Britain? Are you ready? Okay. And yep. By Britain, do you mean Great Britain or do you mean the, the UK at large? Whatever. You've, it's your choice. Okay. Okay. Ace, Ace of, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm not trying to get into geopolitics. It's exhausting. Figure it out. <laughs> Ace of base. I figure it out, Britain. <laughs> They're Swedish. A of B. Yeah. Oh yeah. Famously Swedish. I I, I forgot about that. I think one of those Swedish. dudes was like in the Swedish Nazi party too. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's. <laughs> some fishiness there to far right <laughs> saw, swedish but swedish politics but but swastika sign <laughs> speaking of uh all the homies getting together this was 
uh definitely a uh, bone camaro banger uh ace of base was which one i saw the signer she gets i saw the sign once both of whatever that whatever that record was it would all we would put it on every once in a while and it was uh yeah it ripped all that she wants guy i think that's on things a little bit more is that on those babies (laughs) (laughs) they should lean into the accent uh okay here we go the cribs remember them the cribs oh yeah can't say i do they were insignificant english i'm gonna say english british the cribs british yes i don't know caleb Uh, you only have two choices yeah i'm gonna say they're swedish they're british who the fuck were the cribs Mm, they were oh, like Doug. Uh, cribs that's an english word so they were an english band yeah i don't know what they were they were terrible <laughs> uh shout out louds are they like the kooks that's the same band yeah uh, yeah very similar. similar maybe a little more twee but what was this uh, what, what? shout out oh. louds shout out loud British. Caleb. Um, the shout out louds are Swedish. They are. Mm. I they... went on a uh, Swedish uh, pop um, last FM uh, deep dive. So I might be <laughs> a little bit juiced for this game. Yeah. What was their deal? They were kind of like R&B. Just like bland. No, like bland rock. Like like <laughs> of, like whatever of the indie pop variety. It's like whatever British like sea power. Cold, cold You know what I'm talking about? No, yeah. more like indie. Yeah, yeah okay. not quite that yeah. far. The Concrete, no. previously mentioned on this episode. A band, their first album, I liked that album a lot. I think that, are they sweet? I believe they're Swedish. Swedish? Well, we got Concrete in Sweden and in England. So I'm going to go Swedish. Yeah, let's say they're Swedish. Concrete jungle. The Concretes are Swedish, which I had no idea because I was a fan of them. I, I just never realized where they're from. Well, they don't necessarily sound like it the way Jens does, you know? Yeah. But uh, that's a good... That first record is great. Uh, yeah, solid. Self-title. I have no idea what you guys talk. Never about. heard the the Concretes... Are you guys fleecing me? No, are you guys making this big band up? No, it's good. <laughs> no. It's a good record. Uh, yeah. Well, had some hits. Well, they had eight members. A lot of mouths to feed. Yeah. The Concrete's had some hits. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, here we go. Shit Disco. <laughs> uh, uh, that sounds real snotty, so I'm going to go Britain. Yeah, Britain. Yeah. That was like NME talked about that, that band, but I forgot they existed. The shit yeah, discos? Shit disco. They're like Jesus. snotty, kind of punky, spiky. Snot, snot rock. I mean, they're a dance punk, shitty dance punk. I don't want to get us into a geopolitical situation here, but they, they're from Scotland. So oh, UK. shit. Oh, shit. My bad. That's okay. You said My figure bad. it out. Bob's your uncle. <laughs> Apologize to Scotland <laughs> on this one, man. We've been dropping the ball. Yeah. 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 William Wallace. Sorry about that. The band Garbage. 
the singer. Yeah. I'm sorry, Stuart Murdoch. We should do the concretes, though, now that I'm hurt thinking about it. Oh, I'm sure they'll come along. They had that song. Say something new. Something <laughs> new. Okay, last but not. Oh, no, wait, I got two more. Uh, Claxons. Claxons. British. K L A X O N S. Yeah, I was a fan of that band. You yeah. were? Wow. I had was. some like comp. I had like a Best Buy they comp. Have a, they were on that. They that's, have a uh, that weird. first EP that they put together was really it's good. It's not the Claxons, it's Claxons. Right? Claxons, yeah. Claxons. Claxons. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds Swedish. Dyer uh, they don't exist, so I don't know where they're from. Sorry. <laughs> no, I think they're British. All right. No, Claxons exist. You th- oh, you're supposed to know you're the game master. Yeah. yeah. They're, Br- <laughs> they're British. Adrian got that one. All right. Last one. They're ghost and spook. <laughs> there is a German. <laughs> yeah. Uh, neither they split the difference. They're German. They're ghost and spook. Halfway between. Well, spook <laughs> is uh, Swedish for ghost. Spook. Um, but yeah, that's a fake band. I made that up. <laughs> All right, that nice. was it. That was a waste of time. You could edit that out. Uh, <laughs> well, we're uh, keeping that all in. But uh, say, say they were real. What? 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 What was their sound again? Refresh my memory. <laughs> uh, okay. They were a sample heavy version of uh, Claxons. <laughs> they were techno meets. Nice. Um, All right. Well, that brings us to the uh, end of the episode. <laughs> Join us next week where we're doing something a little different. We're going back to our classics. We did a uh, 1991 album on our last classics album. So now we're going to go to uh, 10 years prior to that. And what are we doing, Noah? We're doing 1981's Night Clubbing by Grace Jones. The, uh, yeah, the, the one and only Grace Jones. What else can I say? Yeah, you, you singular know who she is. icon. Yep. If you don't know who Grace Jones is, fucking turn off your podcast. Idiot. And also ask every other pop star for the past 40 years who she is because they're fucking ripping her off. Like it's criminal. But it's uh, a f- uh, 40 year anniversary of uh, Grace Jones. And we're going to do a series. We already did 91. We're going to do 81. We're probably going to do 71 and maybe 61. So yeah, we'll do it every, you know five or so episodes yeah five ten and uh this is a classic episode a uh, classic uh album night clubbing you can probably buy it because it got reissued so uh check it out buy buy a physical copy of it yeah support the artist people yeah and then send it to us so we can listen to it yeah it's a crazy <laughs> yeah it, it's support your record stores come on spoiler alert it slaps that. <laughs> it's good alright well that uh, brings us to the end of the episode number 24 thank you for listening I'd like to thank Kiki uh, Ontiveros for uh, the theme song as always uh, thank you Adrian for all your stellar production work 
Thank you, Noah, for all your bits and games, bits and bobs. Um, you know, fans, are many fans out there, maybe in Sweden, maybe in, you know, Scotland, give us a shout, wackerslaps.com or email at wackerslaps at gmail.com. Um, also on all the social medias at wackerslaps. Engage with us. Uh, we got some merch. Let's too. start some uh, geopolitical fights. We have merch coming out pretty soon. Buy some uh, pins on the horizon. Yeah, we have we have pins on the horizon. So whether you're in Sweden, wherever, give us a holler. For Noah and Adrian, I am Caleb, and this has been Whack or Slaps. And as always, refresh my memory. What made Milwaukee famous? <laughs> Hitting some musicans. <laughs> <Fear>. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, guys.